Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 220. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Fanner's here too. I am. The DC Comics podcast. We talk about DC Comics every week. Coming up on this week's show, we have Dark Knight's Death Metal Speed Metal issue 1. We've got The Flash 762, Suicide Squad number 9, Action Comics 1025, Aquaman 63, Justice League Dark 26, Batman Superman 12, Shazam 15, uh, and I've got a Patreon book at least. I don't know if Connor did one as well. No, I decided to save it for next week because I was running a bit late. It's been a busy uh, day. Yeah, week five next week. Uh, I've got some more for next week too, uh, but I got one in this week, so... Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, so that's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, normally we start off with some news or whatever, but... There just isn't any this week. Uh, well, there's, there's something pretty big, movie-wise. They they cast Hawkman. Oh, some, okay, there's some movie stuff. True, true. I, I always, yeah. uh, for some reason, I never, I, I don't always think of the movie side of things when we come yeah. and do the news. Well, I didn't have any other comic book news. Other there, than there, there, there might be some spoilers for a book coming out next week that I don't want to talk about. But uh, movie news will suffice. Which, that actor, Aldous Hodge, A, I didn't realize he's... American with a name like Aldous Hodge, I just figured he was one of you guys. Yes, I like, believe like I, just... I believe I saw him in The Invisible Man. I think that's mm-hmm. what he was in earlier this year. And if you've seen Friday Night Lights, he was Voodoo, which I did not recognize him in Invisible Man as Voodoo. Uh, who's the, the? I think it's season three. He comes in from New Orleans because of Katrina, and he he doesn't fit in with Coach Taylor's system. So uh, that's where we get Vince. So we had him. And so, uh, Killmonger and now Hawkman in a season of, of TV together. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I've never seen Friday Night Lights, but it, it seems like he's oh, out of the he, shot. It's exactly a show that Matt would love uh, from the sounds of it. It's, take out season two. Season two is really bad. Um, but the other seasons, it is fantastic. If you don't watch that first episode, and if you don't get invested, and you don't even have to like sports. It transcends sports. Um... It is, it's that good. So, hmm. guys, pay Pete to watch Friday Night Lights. That's <laughs> 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 so random. Matt's tactic, though, is just to try and convince people to pay me to watch things. Because, uh, Pete, if they dangle money in front of you, will you say no? Well, probably not, but I mean, it's a whole TV yeah, show. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty big investment for everyone involved. I mean, pay him to watch the first episode, oh, right. and if and if if you don't if you don't get hooked, so that's how I got my mother in law hooked. She was like, I don't want to watch teen drama football stuff. I was like, just watch the first episode, and, and it got her. So, uh, oh, yeah. But anyways, Aldousage Hawkman, pretty exciting, I think, because the fact that we're getting Hawkman in a movie is pretty cool. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know too much from the. I've seen Invisible Man, so I, I, uh-huh. I guess serving that, but I don't. He was no, I don't, good. Rem- I don't remember him standing out in it. I mean, I'm sure he was. Oh, so I don't remember as, him being bad either. Though, so that's a good sign. No, as as the kind of protector of Elizabeth Moss, you know, he, he doesn't have much to do because she carries the movie. <laughs> Should put that on his resume, protector of Elizabeth Moss. I mean that that is his role in that movie, right? I can't remember his name, but I remember him in it. So, um, yeah. but I, no, I'm just glad it's not Hunnam boring bastard sure i like i like on him but you know whatever uh but no i i think it's a good casting and it's especially if what black adam's gonna deal with and you got the jsa 
you know, um, think think it'll be cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I did kind of drop out of nowhere. Like that was literally yesterday, I think. But it has yeah. been a pretty quiet week overall. Uh, I mean, Supergirl's ending. I suppose that's something we could mention. TV show yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that has to do with you know just diminishing returns or she's a mom now. Yeah, she she she'll, she'll. I don't know if she's given birth yet, but she will have done by the time they're shooting. Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah. she has. I think. Yeah. I mean, she keeps up to date with all the celebrity stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I said this on Twitter, but basically my feelings on this is that I'm sad, but I'm not sad because it's ending. I'm sad because I don't care that it's ending. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, especially after season one where we really didn't know what was going to happen with it. Mm. Um, we, we were hoping that this gets renewed somewhere. We were like, oh, please let this, you know, exist for a season two. And, that, and that's when it moved to CW. And Yeah. It, in retrospect, it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> it was in a yeah. lot of ways. But we didn't know that at the time. We it it became the quintessential CW show. And, and you know. O- over about two seasons. Because uh, it, it, it wasn't like an immediate shift to, oh, well, this is a CW show now. But it, over yeah. those next two seasons, it was like just slowly chipping away. And now it's like, now it just fits the CW mold. That, yeah. You know, I, I always feel, feel like the superhero shows would do so much better if there's only 12 or 13 of them. Versus the full 22. You mean episodes? I thought you meant 12 or 13 shows. I was like, I mean, no, that well, that too. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely feel because there are some good stuff in there. Like the stuff, the, the last season I watched was heavy on the Legion stuff and the stuff they did with Neuronal and Brainiac and all that stuff was always pretty well handled. So like, obviously, I haven't watched half of the last season, but I still like most of the characters in it. And there yeah. are some that, Win. you know, like, uh, you know, Wind's great. Uh, I really like uh, Dreamer. Uh, their, mm-hmm. their take on that. Mm-hmm. I think she's a really good so, character. Yeah. Um, but so there was always good in there, and I even thought that uh, uh, what's his name, Star Killer Connor, help me out here. Oh, um, yeah, Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth. I thought that as 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 heavy handed as it was, I thought he was good. He's good in, in that role. Yeah. So there's there's little little pieces over there, but just for the you know, I you just I can't take. The twenty-two in or out, you know. Yeah, I mean, thirteen to sixteen is probably as much as all of those shows should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and look at what Marvel's doing over on Disney Plus. Those are like smaller movies, six to seven episodes. You know, like the Mando, like WandaVision's going to be that mold too. Yeah. Well, we so. haven't seen any of these yet, though, so I wouldn't necessarily compare them because we don't know. They could still well, no, suck. I can, yeah, <laughs> but I can, I can compare it to the Mandalorian. Which same same kind of budget you'd guess, right? I mean, maybe, but I mean, it's it's not really the same though, is it? I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, like... I think it's it's a bit of an unfair comparison anyway, because they're doing completely different things. I think the closest and fairest comparison is something like Stargirl, which is a CW show now, but you know was a DC Universe uh, show to start with, and it it felt. Maybe it had a slightly higher budget, but it felt like a network show from the start, like that old school network style show. It was just better in pretty much every single okay, way. Okay, or or we can just do Doom Patrol, which are you know ten, eleven episodes, right? I think I think there's a, there's a, there's a I hate to feed into this narrative too much though, because it's becoming a bit of a crutch for people to say, "Oh, we'd just be better with less episodes." I don't think that actually solves the writing problems in any of these shows. I, I don't really know. Don't. I feel like they they feel like. I think it would cut down. It would, 
it would probably improve it by about 30%, because at least there would be 30% less times they'd be repeating the same points. It'd still be the same terrible writers, though. Oh, no, it would. It would. It would just be, <laughs> it would just be less of the terrible writing, so it's better. It's, yeah. it's like know. a weekly terrible writer versus a monthly terrible writer. You don't have to deal with it once a month, right? Uh, 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 sure. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I just think they'd be better that way. Just, you know, I feel that even with comics, too. We, we always talked about the, the the double shippers and how sometimes they felt a little bit bloated because they had to take up space, you know, when it comes to comics versus, it's, you know. It's, I mean, it's honestly, it's just it's just a simple case of CW's writing quality is just really bad. And there's, no, there's nothing that says you can't have a high-quality 22-episode season that's mostly good. Uh, shows have done it in the past. Shows could do it again. But... Shows have done it in the recent past, too, like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, there's examples of doing it. Uh, I don't think the episode... Ca- I mean, the episode counts can help, and it is better in many a circumstance. The... I just want to say, Lost got infinitely better when they dropped the episode count and knew where they were going. Uh, I'm just saying. Lost Season 3 is the best season of the show, and that wasn't one of the short ones, so I highly disagree with that. Is that where Stranger was? Which was season two? Was season two Strangers in a Strange Land? That was one episode of season three. Okay. Yeah, that that got oof. But season three is still the best season of the show overall, though. I sure, I, I'll take your word for it. I've, I've only watched them all. So I will. I will stand in that hell. I just it's all down to rating quality. Is it? I mean, we could talk about episode counts all we want, but I, I don't think it actually matters that much in the grand scheme. So if the, if right. the writing team knows how to fill that number of episodes, it doesn't matter. It can be a seventy episode season. They'll just write content for seventy episodes and know what they're doing, or they can write content for ten episodes and know what they're doing. Um, I, I can't I, wait to drop this on Office UK people <laughs> that are like, "Oh, it's better because there's less episodes. It didn't get time to get annoying." I'm like, hey, go go talk to Pete. He says more equals better. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> and I, I think US Office is better, but here's the thing. Um, it did reach a point where it went too long, but oh, it, yeah. it reached that point around season six-ish. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not after 12. It, it was probably still, <laughs> by the by the time it had outstayed its welcome, it was probably still five times longer than the UK Office at that point, right? Oh, yeah, easily, easily. And I, I just bring that up because that's something I always see you know but that is, I, I don't know that is one of those rare examples where i prefer the u.s version like nine yeah. times out of ten I, there's more, I, I, I tend to prefer well but like, like pete was saying you can do stuff with more episode counts and not everyone's a winner but when you have that cast and you have so many people to play off of and you're invested I, in dwight as much as you are in michael and yeah Jim and Pam, I, ultimately you know. for me like the, the uk office is extremely funny don't be wrong i love right. it but you don't have the same attachment to the characters that you know get right. to actually grow and do I mean, stuff over I, the course of years. I found UK Office funny when I watched it, but I've watched it once and I have no desire to go back. Whereas the US yeah. Office, I am pretty sure I will go back you and just... watch at least the good seasons again. I've, yeah. I, the thought of sitting through season eight of The Office again is not something I. It's I it's want rough. To do. We started a bit of a rewatch because they've been on TV, so if they're on, we'll watch them, and we can always tell once once it hits to that point, we don't want to watch anymore. Uh, once it gets to season seven ish, and and whatnot, so what? what? Uh, unlike unlike Parks, which we can watch. Oh every yeah, Par- season. yeah, Parks is the better show. I, I will Sweet. die in that hell. Uh, with the yep. Office, once Michael's left, just skip and watch the finale because the finale was surprisingly good for what it was. It's just yeah. that there was like two and a half crap seasons, like 
It was pretty much the Before best it. finale they could have possibly done at that point, though, right? Yeah. Yep. Hi. <laughs> Casual cameo. Uh, yep. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about DC cool. comics. Let's talk about comics because there's no news. We digressed on TV, which I really shouldn't because I watch more sports than I watch TV anymore. Thanks, hockey. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, won't catch me doing that. Uh, no, of course not. No. Give it time. I'm, Connor, I'm real sure. quick. Yeah. Do you understand cricket? Uh, the, the, the basics. Okay. This is for off offline. I will message you. Okay. I, I saw a cricket thing. I had so many questions. I mean, I was like, it, depending on what it is, I might have questions myself. But I, I mean, I've, gotcha. I've watched the odd game. I, I, I can follow it usually. Gotcha. I just want a cricket bat at the end of the day, like Casey Jones. You know, the first turtles. Sure, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've owned many a cricket bat in the past. I, I was watching a, a Jack Whitehall special, and they they were in Australia, and they went to go play cricket. And I was like, I don't understand this game. Like, I thought, <laughs> thought it was just like baseball with a flat bat. It is not. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Connor, the only reason I asked, and I'm going to fill you, Connor filled me in on snooker, and now I kind of understand it. So, um, yeah. Oh, dear. Excellent. All right, we can move on to comics then, uh, while, I, <laughs> while I die a little bit in the inside. Um, I so, mean, you can talk Mighty Ducks anytime you want, Pete. I'm good just now. Uh, maybe I'll be in the mid later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get into this week's comics. Dark Knight's Death Metal Speed Metal Issue 1. Awkwardly long title with multiple colons. Yes. There's no need for it. I'm I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about this after the Flash issue. I mean, that's how that's the order I read it, and I would recommend reading it that way. I don't think it actually matters in the context of. Okay, fair enough. It's so I didn't on. read Flash. I just saw that the yeah, notes so, and what it was referencing. So this kind of not that it spoils it in a Flash, but you can tell Williamson kind of wrote this where he knew Barry was going. So there's stuff that happens there. But I read Flash and then this. I don't think it really matters. Um, I think I think if you're reading Flash, I would read it first. If you're not reading yeah. Flash, I think you'll be fine reading this. Uh, yeah, I, don't yeah, think yeah. It's... I, I managed either, okay for the record. Either way, not not to tip my hand, both made me feel extremely good about the Flash, um, which I think is Williamson's strength. I know we we hated on that, but in short bursts here. <laughs> um, she really knows we, the way around the, the we, mythos. We complained for about a year and a half about how bad the Flash yeah. comic was, and Matt came in here with, it made me feel good about the Flash, that's Williamson's strength. <laughs> Do you remember when Matt it dropped never... that book like three times? I did remember that. Yeah. And that's the power of Williamson. Um, but I do want to say, I, it was always his story, it was never his characterization, really, of Barry, that was a problem. And I feel here, he gets to flex. There are moments in this book as a Flash fan in Speed Metal, that just, man, so good. So, yeah, yeah take us a beat. In a lot of ways, this kind of, uh, oh, by the way, just, this is Joshua Williamson writing with uh, Eddie Barrows on the art. Um, in a lot of ways, this kind of feels like he's finally getting to address Rebirth, because that literally opens with, hey, here's what happened in Rebirth, and how Wally came back, and how everything sort of went through the the metal and the death metal and how we all it's got a to quick here. Recap of all of Rebirth. 
Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Not, not just the one shot. Like, of everything since in in the in the briefest in, of form. And what's normal to me? What's normal really, to me is that. It, how how it kind of has to acknowledge heroes in crisis, but without ever actually directly talking about it. It's almost like it wants to ignore that part. Yeah, and and that's fair. But I also do like how he he wrote that into Flash, where that was you know, that was um, uh, Thon coming through and doing the negative Flash stuff, which seems like a cop out, but I'll take it. It's very Flash focused. So the fact that he can touch on it here. Um, and, and really the only sticking point is, is that, you know, Roy's still dead. Um, <laughs> it's almost like, really, it's almost I like, I forgot Roy was dead. Yeah. And I, was, yeah. And I had to read Outlaws with him in it last time. It's almost like we're not even going to bother properly retcon it. We're all just going to, all the writers are just going to collectively choose right. to never really bring it up or talk about it and just mm-hmm. kind of move on with our lives. And that's fine. Uh, except right. for the fact that Roy is dead, and we're, we're going to have to try and figure out a way to bring him mm-hmm. back. Probably just when there's a whole line-wide reset of some kind, and they can just sort of yeah. do it in the middle of that, as opposed to... And just throw, wave, throw wave a there. magic blue hand. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah Although, I don't know possible. if the magic blue hand's going to have power after the end of this, because uh, it'll be different. It'll be a tad bit different. I also do like how here we do get kind of a, a mixing of metal and the metaverse. You know, here. You mean the metalverse? The metalverse and the metaverse. Um, that that doomsday clock. Not that it didn't feel important, but it feels like Manhattan's, you know, meddling with things. Is is playing part into this finally? Whereas kind of we never really felt that. You know, we had the button and and all that other stuff, but it always just felt kind of amorphous. Here, there's, there's finally not that it needed it, but I did like that Williamson works that into Wally, and the whole Metron chair and all of that stuff. So yeah, I mean the the plot of this issue is basically that you know the, the Barry, Wally, and Jay are running from the the, 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 the what was this thing called? I forget. Well, you had, it was the the horde right of the Black Flash. And it no, was the, dark first, the one big thing. Right? Yeah, before that, because yeah. before that there was the big it's, just the big shadow face thing. Yeah, it yeah, it's the darkest night. It's it's yeah. the man who laughs. Is it also just the darkest night that's chasing them? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's chasing them. They're on the run. The speed force is crumbling. Eventually, Wally. Uh, this is after the uh, the army of the horde of the the, the dark flashies Black from Flash. the various dark you know multiverse timelines all start coming out as well. Wally pops in at one point. Just just mm-hmm. shows up. Yeah, Wallace pops in. Uh, Wally whips out the old formula. <laughs> the old, yeah, the old uh, formula to stop time. I bet Matt loved that. I did. I'm sure you did. Uh, so time freezes, gives him a chance to actually talk and recoup and talk about what's going on and figure some things out. Um, and in a lot of ways, this felt like he, it, we finally got to have some kind of big Wally payoff. And it's it's kind of a little bit bittersweet because we had to go through Heroes in Crisis to even get here. But um, it's hard to deny that. Uh, Wally kind of confronting Barry about actually going back, you know, into his shadow after he came back from Final Crisis, and Barry kind of admitting that Wally should maybe lead for a change, and that all these little beats don't actually, you know, cause a lot of nice feelings. Um, for whatever reason, um, uh, maybe to sell some action figures later. Uh, the other Flashies, not Wally, but the other three, all get like metal versions of their suits. Um, I can't say I really care for Wallace's uh... or. Barry's, but I do like Jay's quite a bit. It's the Jay's? Black Flash versions, right? Not, not yeah, metal. that's what they say. 
Yeah, so I mean, same difference. Is very reminiscent of Earth Two J. Uh, you know, it is uh, actually, yeah. But the Robinson and Tom Taylor, you know, JSA universe, which which was pretty cool because this is older Jay doing that. But yeah, the other ones are they're just kind of whatever. It's I th- I'll throw them up there with the the metal costumes. Yeah, Bowers is probably the worst. Uh, I would say I'm neutral well, on, on Wallace. The cover, I didn't realize that was supposed to be Barry, just because of, there's nothing signifying. Yeah, you know, I think that's Wallace's works better than Barry has the white as well. I think mm-hmm. that kind of gives it some balance to it. I think a bit more than Barry's. Yeah, one I'm more neutral. I'm not actually a big fan of all the jaggies in his shoulders and stuff sticking out, but yeah, uh, yeah I get the, it. the color scheme's fine. Uh, but I think I mean, Jay actually ultimately looks kind of cool. they were they were just superfluous, like Pete said, to sell. Maybe an action figure or something, or show off some designs. Yeah, the know. only thing I'd really change about Jay's is the face. Because they can, yeah. they can, because they could sell a pack of hey, it's the Speedster Metal pack of all their metal variants, whatever. Anyway, so their plan is to actually run into the horde through the horde to eventually get to Castle Bat or whatever it's called and get the Mobius chair, so they can get the Mobius chair to Wonder Woman, and she can use that to help rewrite everything. It'll give her the knowledge to win. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, usual MacGuffin style stuff. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of two page spreads in this. There's a lot of pages of them running at the, the horde, through the horde, away from the horde. Uh, a lot of speed lines, all that stuff. Uh, the highlight of the issue, though, I think absolutely has to be the moment where Wally decides to become the Flash again and the suit starts to form on him before you turn the page and you get this two page layout of him, not in his rebirth, you know, suit with the hair coming out. He's in his proper. The Flash suit from his the, tenure the as the Wade. Flash. Yeah, yeah. The Wade given Flash suit post Infinite or post Crisis on Infinite Earths with with the the diagonal belt. Oh man, good. Looks and good. then that just good. that whole layout and it's kind of his history up to this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Barrows does a, a great job with the double pages uh, and just mm-hmm. with the flow of them. I think the the ones early on especially and a credit to whoever does the the lettering as well in this issue where you kind of you read one right to left essentially it kind mm-hmm. of leads your eye and swings you around and the next one it goes left to right but it it, yeah. it always feels a really natural way of reading it you're not like second guessing where the Wait, next were you talking are you sure the first one was right to left because i read it that way first and then i feel like i read it the wrong way because it didn't make much sense and i read it the opposite way and it made more sense to me I read, uh, yeah, I read it left to right. Yeah, left to right made more sense because I read it. I read it the other way first, and then I I was going to complain about it Swoop. because I thought the boxes actually made it feel like it should go the other way, but it didn't. I mean, right to left works for me. Which, way, which are you talking about? The first double page spread with the hand coming out of it. So I, I yeah, went from yeah, someone yeah, else, yeah. and then over to the right of even then. But I think both yeah. work. It actually works sure. in both ways when I read it. I mean. I read it left to right because that's how you read. So. I did, but I, I, when I was reading, maybe, maybe this is uh, instead of appraising the art, it's more of a critique. It felt oh. to me with the hand, the fingers, it was leading me across the hand to the boxes yeah. well, no, uh, it, it, and it, then back it, around. It did with me as well, which is why I read it right to left first. But then I, I there was a couple of boxes that felt weird. I was like, I'm going to read this the other way and see if it makes more sense. And it did. <laughs> no, I just, I looked through the time period. And you just got him as Kid Flash and then around, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have the the real bad miniseries that I didn't read, uh, with him sitting on the chair. So like you just just look at the page and then, you know. Yeah. Anyways. So I, I think the flow actually implied it was maybe read the wrong because because the, the following two page spread with the Batman who laughs at the top of it, 
I just read left to right first, and that made sense. That, that one's really clear that it goes left to right because you start in the top and you just go down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that first one, I, I think the art definitely implies uh, that you want to go uh, across the hand and then back in, uh, at least to me. Um, yeah. That, I, and you know, Pete said, you know, same thing. I did the same thing, but I think the text makes sense the other way around. Because uh, I, I started to just sort of like, I just started to read like nonsense to it, <laughs> reading that right to left. It still kind of worked for me enough that I didn't question it enough. I mean, maybe maybe it works better going the other way, but it didn't, it never felt odd for me. It worked to a point. One, by the time I got to the middle of it, it started to feel like it was referencing a previous line before I got to it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm reading this the wrong way around. Uh, so I reread it the other way uh, and it made more sense. But. Yeah, so while he gets his 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 flash suit on, uh, that's two page spread has like his entire history play out. We see from Iris to when he was a kid with Barry to meeting Linda to the kids, all that stuff. Um, and I I'll be honest, I thought it was going to I thought it was given the finger, and then I realized it was the devil horns. But I actually, I me too. Yeah, I I do feel like maybe there was a version that was the finger. Do you know, <laughs> um, do you know I think it is because I, I I had a look at this because I I did yeah. the exact same thing. It's the shadowing on the foot on the the first finger that draws yeah. your eye to that, whereas the back finger, yeah. the little one, doesn't actually. And have that's that why shadowing. I feel like maybe originally Barry Barrows was like, "Hey, this will be cool. We'll give him the finger," and then someone was like, "Yeah, maybe we don't want to do that." <laughs> um, so, but the devil horn still worked, but definitely the middle finger because he goes, "Hey, Batman, who tries too hard," which I was like, "Yeah, chirp him." Uh, <laughs> of course, you love that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he's just too slow. That's that is a middle finger moment, right? It, it felt like it. And and Leslie, I think yeah. it's the shadowing on that finger that draws mm-hmm. your eye to it, whereas the back finger blends in with the rest of the suit. Uh, that makes it look like it's just the one finger up at first until yeah. your eyes kind of refocus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to the chair, uh, he says, "I'm back," and you think, "Oh, he's back as the Flash. This is a triumphant moment." But then it's like, no, and then they turn the page. Like, no, he's back in the Speed Force. Uh, to the point where my catchphrase is even there, Lost in the Speed Force is one, yeah. one of the caption boxes. Uh, and he's drifting away and it feels like he's going again, but just as when he thinks he's all is lost and he's, he's you know his text bubbles are fading away as if he's just going into the void, uh, the entire Flash family are there. It's like, no, nah, we're not letting you drift away this time. You know, we, we all sort of snuck in here. Uh, oh, I love but- that because to me, the Flash has always been about that legacy and that family. Like we always use the term the Flash family. Um, so the fact that they were all there for him, unlike last time where he was just by himself, like it, Williamson really stuck that that seeds of rebirth. Not to pick apart your point, but I feel like we use Bat Family, Super Family, just as much as we do I Flash think it's Family. With Flash Family, though, in terms of like, the, yeah, probably family, like, you know, the yeah. arguably Fantastic Four being you know, Marvel's first family is kind of where it started, and then I mean, Flash, fam- Flash, the Flash Family. I mean, for me, I think of Flash Family first just because Wally did take the helm so long. He was that character that took it on, and then it really was the family. Look at, you know, so so Wally's related through Iris, right? And then Iris and Barry are the grandparents to to Bart. And then, you know, you have Irie and Jay, and then, you know, older Jay. Wait, did we ever figure out if it's Jay or Jai? Oh, young, uh... Yeah. Not really, I don't think, but okay. I still say Either Jay, way. because he's clearly named after Jay. Great! It's Jay and Iris! So, anyways, and then you have older Jay who, who takes them on, like, a, you know, he, he, him and Joan 
raised Bart basically in an impulse. So like there is more a little bit more of a family component than I would say to some of the other ones. Even though let's not pick that all of the super family literally are related. They have to be. Yeah. Uh, come uh, on. All the, anyways, all the Robins are basically Batman's kids. Uh, right, but you know, I for me, Bat Family is a little bit more of the family you pick versus I feel the Super and Flash ones literally are all through related, and that's what here all of that what I get from it is they're all drawn to Wally because they're all kind of drawn together through him. Hmm. You know, the Flash is a family because Wally, uh, and I just I love that. Yeah. Um, I like who completed the art here. Is it the panel where he's hugging Iris? It looks like they're going for a kiss. And I, th- I was like, is that maybe yeah. Linda at first? And I was like, no, Linda's down the next panel. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you don't kiss your auntie on the lips. <laughs> I, don't think, I, I don't even think <laughs> so they're... my family, you don't. If you do, that's cool. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even think they're kissing. I think it's just that their foreheads are together. It's, it's just foreheads. Yeah. yeah, it just but looks it, bad. <laughs> yeah. It, mind you, it's a smaller panel. But they, they could have just been a proper hug, you know? Yeah, um, I, I think uh, Wally and Iris have been watching too much Pornhub. They're uh, starting yeah, to get into some weird shit here. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my... Wait, I, broke my down, I love it. I broke my... I'm not gonna, I had a joke, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I want to hear the joke. Nope. Let's just say it involves uh, being the fastest man alive. I think that was going to be an ejaculation joke, people, just for anyone who didn't keep up. There you go, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, but no, I had fun here, the kids sort of going, ooh, gross, as Linda and Wally are being nice to each other and blah, blah. Um, now, admittedly, Wally said he has to put on the blue suit again. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. Oh, whatever. I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, it's back. And then and then it turns, oh, really? That's it, though. I do like the tone here, which is basically like, okay, there's one last bit of, like, anti-crisis energy in me. This is the last hurrah of this time of the chair. You know, whatever happens next, this chair stuff's over. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's not going to oh, be God, that Wally. Right? So, it's, you know, it's just fine. So, uh, the biggest surprise of this issue, though, for me, was just, I was expecting this to be okay. It's a metal tie-in, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of half of the course. I don't expect from those now. Um, and don't know that that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I'm quite happy to have metal tie-ins. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting this to be the issue that pays off rebirth for for Wally. Like that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, but I'm kind of glad that it is coming from Williamson, who's been on the Flash since the start. Oh yeah, sure. Um, you know what no, I mean. Instead that, of. But... But yeah, but instead of having Snyder, who really didn't like, when you think about Snyder and Rebirth, he didn't really didn't have much to do with Rebirth. No, if, right? if anything, not not until like halfway through where he started doing the Justice right. League. So, yeah, because if right. anything, Snyder was in this weird place where he he was given All Star Batman. It was all a lot like when Morrison got incorporated. Not the exact same, mm-hmm. but it was kind of similar in the sense that ah, oh, you're you're still going to continue with Batman in a way, but just over here, uh, just a little yeah. pocket that's separate yeah. from everything going on in the main line. He did that, and then last night on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Kind of following those chains, and he was doing Justice League for you know halfway in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, once once he took Justice League, he was like a proper part of the universe again. But yeah, but he really wasn't addressing stuff from Rebirth. He was, nah. you know, he was he was putting things forward, which is cool. It's funny. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder uh, when this issue kind of came to fruition in in terms of concept, because well, I do wonder if this is a post-studio uh, decision, because it kind of feels. Because I think we were yeah, getting right. the impression that Didio 
wasn't necessarily that interested in paying off some of the stuff from Rebirth. No. He didn't really care. Yeah. I um, think he actually doesn't like that generation that we love. The Wallies and, and the Nightwings. Yeah. You know? Well, we talk about like, that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like that's why they both got lost. The further Rebirth went, the more they kind of got yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I think the like, video tried to you know, pay off a lot of the Rebirth stuff as early as possible, like, you know, like Superman, for example. It's like, all right, let's right. clean this up, get it sorted, mm -hmm. and then just move on. Just forget about it. I'm getting the feeling here that Metal right now, and whatever we get into next with uh, these Generation 1 shots and whatever's coming after that, it kind of feels like they're really actually trying to tie up a lot of loose ends that have been here since the start of Rebirth. Yep. And, you know, whatever sort of fresh slate we're getting, whether that's uh, some new launches, whether that's some event that's going to like spark everything into place or whatever, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. It feels like they're trying I, to reset the table a little bit. I always feel that by them not addressing Wally and them just being like, here, he's back, enjoy, I feel that that did more damage than just being like, oh, hey, you know, he's over here doing this stuff, but it was always... It always seemed to me like there was a mandate to get him out of there. And I don't know if that's true. That's just how I was reading. Because, I mean, look how much we enjoyed the Flash War stuff. I think to a point it felt like token inclusion. Like, offline, yeah. we'll bring Wally back. Uh, right. Um, but we don't want him in the main box, so that's why he was always up in, like, it, Titans and right. wherever else he was shafted off to for the side for right. a while. And I just feel like Williamson had this from the beginning... He had this, you know, handle on the mythos because look at how he brought back Bart, and then he really didn't get to use him. Like it had to be Bendis that, that got to use him in Young Justice, and then when we see him show up in the Flash, like he's having fun writing that character, and I, I just always wonder like how much of that was no, you just need to focus on Barry, or whatever, you know, from from editorial, and what and whatnot. I I don't know. I'd love to if I could ask him and he could be honest because i don't think he'd ever say anything you know but i also think it's interesting to note that he was pretty much in there on the button stuff right that the flash because of a flashpoint yeah. and batman they were always kind of interlinked so it, it but that's another one no that, like i mentioned that, with the the superman stuff that was quite early and that was what mm -hmm. issues like 17 18 yeah uh, it might have been 20 but yeah, yeah it was like 21 22 okay yeah. so i mean Either way, we're talking about but, two months at this point. There, <laughs> yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, Flash has been a big part of what Rebirth is, and especially Wally, who just kind of disappeared uh, through that. You know, um, mm -hmm. we we through throughout uh, New Fifty Two, you had the people like me being like, "Where's Where's Wally?" You know, and then we get Wallace, and it's not the same, but it, they tried, and now we get a new character out of it. You know, and that's fine. So here, finally, I'm glad that Williamson, it's taken how many years to finally get Wally back into a spot where he feels important. You know, he is he is the Flash that launched the modern, yeah. you know. And, and arguably, this is, okay, we're setting him up to be in a point where he's going to be the most important he's been since before mm -hmm. Barry came back, right? Right, right. In theory. Also, by in the theory. way, in the UK, Where's Wally was called Where's Wally, so Matt saying Where's Wally gotcha. in the middle of that made me chuckle. Um, oh, there was a on those things just things that i don't think were intentional references but made me laugh in the middle of this issue when uh jay's like i'm gonna stay and fight the fight the the, the, the demon zombie black flashes and uh one of them goes we'll come back for you jay and all i could hear was uh from always sunny with the the thunder gun mm -hmm. episode 
uh, you know, just uh, we'll come back for you. And yeah, uh, just I don't think it was an intentional thing, but it's all I could hear it. Yeah, that, that whole race where, you know, at first Jay breaks down because he's older, then Wallace can't keep mm-hmm. up, so he goes back to help Jay. And eventually Barry's like, I'm going to give you whatever power I've got left so you can go faster than you've ever fast, you know, f- travel before, Wally. <laughs> faster than you've ever fastest. Yes, faster than you've ever fastest. Um, which gives him the, the strength to get to the chair and then ultimately get the speed force. And so the last page is basically just Wally in his blue suit with uh, Jay and Barry behind taking the chair to Wonder Woman and, and everyone else. So this is relatively, it feels relatively essential. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure issue four of Death Metal will just say, oh, the Flash has went and got the chair and they brought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I think this one feels less essential than the, the the Trinity Crisis one. I would agree with that. I still think it feels fairly essential. And bizarrely, mm-hmm. I actually think it's, it's, a, it's a three-pronged essential issue in the sense that it's 30% essential to Death Metal, 30% essential to be the end of the Flash run by Williamson, and 30% essential in paying off Rebirth stuff that's been lingering since the start of the whole thing. So, <laughs> I, No, I, I agree with that. Very fair assessment. I think it's probably, out of those though, like the metal one, it feels like that's the easiest one where you could skip it, I think. Yes. But, right, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's the least essential to metal. But, but yeah, you add all those up, though. Those you add all those up, and it feels really important. <laughs> it it feels... does, and I don't think I just... it was marketed that way. Like, I, I didn't think this was going to be, like, oh, a really important issue. So, well, we, obviously, we knew it was coming right after the, the last issue. No, the, but my shop run, did but... order a bunch of them. So you think maybe retailers knew? Yeah, having the foresight that, hey, this might be a hot book. If it's not, cool. But if it is, I don't want to be shorted yeah, on I mean, them. I wonder so. if DC kind of gave retailers a heads up of what it was yeah. in terms of, you know, its contextual importance. Because I know they do do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as they don't screw uh, over Wally and the rest of the, the rest of the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what Williamson's going to do next. Because um, I feel like he's having him do this to close off the whole Flash thing or the story that started with Rebirth. I, I hope he has a pretty big role going forward. Yeah. It seems like it, because he's, he's doing on a the, lot of these metal stuff. He's on the Justice League metal yeah. tie-in, right? And mm-hmm. maybe some of the yeah. other ones later. But yeah, I don't think he has an ongoing book now, right? Well, Batman no. Superman. But, oh, well, sure, yeah. But no, not, not one to replace Flash, is what I mean. I'm no. sure he will come so, February or so. Yeah, yeah, but so, because you also look at what Tom Taylor's saying, is that they're, t- they, you know, because we'll talk about Suicide Squad, and people are like, oh man, I hope you got some something planned to follow it up. He goes, oh, I got many things. So, yeah. And we know, like, you know, Bendis again, it, we, we talked about this last week, has something planned at least. So it, it does feel right. like a lot of these creators that are finishing on books do have more yeah. coming. Yeah. And, and I hope that's true because I do, I do like Williamson. I went and I delved into uh, Nailbiter because I got the first issue of the, the second series and it picked right back up and it was damn good now i'm gonna have to wait for it to go and trade like i did because i can't do the weekly or the monthly read with the book like that um so i feel like whatever you know was going on it reinvigorated him and i just i kind of want more stuff like this and that first issue of nailbiter um that, that got me hooked on him right yeah so no i mean i, I can't really emphasize that enough just how fist pumping it was you know realizing because you can kind of see it in the page being building up to the suit you're like wait that red suit that's coming in is not the the rebirth one that i'm pretty sure that's going to be his full suit uh so i I wouldn't mind a a compromise in the sense of uh because about halfway through he's in when he's in the 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 red suit you know the the cowl gets a bit ripped 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, his, his hair starts coming out. I wouldn't mind going having the headband part of the, the rebirth suit, but everything well, else just being identical to this. Well, what I was going to say, though, is I think it's really important to sort of cap this off as your kind of your payoff to rebirth is that mm-hmm. having him in that suit, acknowledging not only that Wally West exists and that he's back, but acknowledging his time as the Flash, even though I'm obviously mentioned that here or there, obviously, mm-hmm. they, of course they have, but actually kind of paying homage to it and acknowledging that he kind of became a better Flash in that time than Barry yeah. ever had been before. And, that's, and that goes into to Barry being that good of a role model, right? There's that saying that when you have kids, you want them to do better than you. And even though it's not his biological kid, you know, he kind of raised Wally. So the fact that he became a better Flash means that Barry was successful. It's but, but like that. Giving him that visual, though, in this issue, mm-hmm. it kind of cements oh, yeah. the intention of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, now, admittedly, I, I mean, sometimes I get a little bit tired of comics and how we all seem to be fighting for things to be fixed because they keep screwing mm-hmm. things up every so often. Um, mm-hmm. And Wally's been kind of the, you know, Wally and Dick. Because, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so funny how we hit that point uh, like in 2018, I assume it was, where Rick yeah. Grayson and the Heroes in Crisis you know, stuff with Wally at the same time. was kind of hitting around the same time. It was like, holy shit, what's happening to, to well, our that soul? A, that was a, a rough time period. It was a dark but time. But you, you look at those characters from that, you know, from that era, and none of them really had anything to do. They were almost the slosh generation, you know, outside of Cyborg, and the only reason he got so much prominence was John's deciding to give him prominence in New 52. Yeah, because it's not like right? Raven or Beast Boy or Starfire had no. anything super Starfire, notable. Starfire, no. And, and no. Actually, I get why they're lost in the sense of, okay, we have our established, you know, top tier. We've got right. the new kids that we want to showcase. Mm-hmm. The younger, you know, you want your, your teens, mm-hmm. your, your young justice, whatever, whatever team it's going to be at the time, your, mm-hmm. your young one. These characters now, they're too old to be that young team. But they're right. not the top tier, no matter how we think of them. They're right. not perceived as the top tier. Wally might be the only exception to this uh, in in terms of okay, he's been a long time as the Flash. Well, I would say give yeah. them a give them a you know let them be the Justice League while all the big characters have the solo books. The only problem yeah. is is that these not just DC comic books in general are notorious mm-hmm. for kind of after the initial arc of a new team kind of forgetting they exist and it just ends up feeling like a c-tier book as opposed to being treated like it's important yeah. like it should be like why why can't you have a, a a team book like you know i mean in theory even just a relaunch of titans why couldn't titans feel like a big bo- Titan, book do them as an outsider's team yeah whatever um like, yeah well that's when i started reading comics that titans team was the outsiders and you had and their whole thing was well we can do things that Justice League can't because they're a little bit, they're not as big, right? It, it's it's kind of what they did in a, because they took that inspiration for that into Young Justice, the, mm-hmm. the, the the show, in the sense of, okay, obviously we started off with, the, you know, these characters being the young the ones, psychics, but by, by the right? third season, you know, those those had grown up and we'd got to the, the you know, the newer generation, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of became, well, you know, some of us might go join the league, but others, we're going to do, you know, kind of the outsiders, essentially, and be the off-the-books team. Right. And so, you know, um, but no, I, I definitely hope that whatever goes forward out of this, it's in a spot that, you know, because I always just feel like I'm denying that these characters, you know, and even spoiler was in on that, you know, like they just were not there or weren't addressed. Well, it's, so if we just, it's an extension of what we're them. saying. You're talking about how the, the big characters are never allowed mm-hmm. to go away. 
and then you have these characters that have grown up and there's a new generation. It's actually that's actually incorrect. We're at the point now where there's another generation underneath them. So now there's two lost generations in between. Yeah. And that, that was kind of young justice who were missing. Uh, I think that's kind of what was a little bit frustrating in some ways that we're not going to see 5G come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that would have been really interesting to see, okay, no, they're being forced to retire that top gen, you know, essentially, right. kind of move on. I, don't I mean, it's very a Marvel approach. Marvel, Marvel would do that. For, I mean, there was a while where you had Jane Thor and Sam Wilson as Cap, and yeah. I don't know who was Tony Stark, but I don't think it was traditional Tony Stark. You know, have been and, the alien clone AI whatever it was, yeah. you know, so so that they tried to do yeah, that um, too and Cho was Hulk as well, right? Yeah, yeah, Cho was Hulk and and it was just all new, all different Marvel, right? And it was it was still fine from what I was reading. Yeah, I mean, but, for a little um, while, but then they had to revert everything yeah, back to status quo. Yeah, then you end up coming back and now, you know, and I'm getting caught up on Jason Aaron's Thor or Thor. That's such what I'm used to saying, Jason Aaron's Avengers and it's all who you would think. It's almost the movie lineup, but swap She-Hulk for Hulk, you know? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Sort of throw, it, throwing it, Ghost Rider. <laughs> right, and there's, and there's, you know, that's just comics, but to act like those other characters just don't exist, you know, it's kind of my problem right now with, with what's going on with X-Men is I don't know how Laura's supposed to fit in or Yabby or some of these other younger X characters that I really dig, you know, because of, them just this is the x-men now and i feel like dc had done that with these younger heroes and you know it always cracked me up that we had barry back and that's cool but yeah central city but they're twin cities what's going on in keystone you can't have wally just being over there maintaining things you know like i think ultimately the solution was always we should just had two flashbacks one each yeah but even if they let's say even you know the Comic sales being what they are, you could just have Wally guest star on stuff. Like, sure, it wouldn't sure, be. Sure, but I mean, happy, we, we, but... we had Flash double shipping for four years now. Sure. Uh, we, we could have quite easily split that into two books, two monthly books, no problem. And the sales oh, would yeah, yeah, probably yeah. not have had I'm that much. I'm just doing devil's advocate here, you know. But even, even just him guesting and being like, oh, he's doing his stuff over here or doing an arc of, you know, what's going on in Keystone or whatever. Yeah. It, it's all there. And, you, you know, same with Dick over in. Nightwing. I don't know why we had to, because it always seemed to me like King didn't. It wasn't a huge plot point that Rick or Dick got shot to become Rick. You know, it's not like he had some grand plan. It was no, to he, move he, the story forward I mean, for KG Beast and Batman. The, the story in Batman could have just been that he got shot and he was in a coma for a yeah. bit. He didn't need to lose his memory. Like it was irrelevant right. to the actual yeah, Batman he book. Can't, he can't have a monthly book if he's in a coma. Just have it all set before, like they always do for these things. It's not that, right. it's that hard. I mean, it's really easy to just to accept that Dick Grayson's, like, there's a story is simply in Batman 99, Batman says, welcome back, and hands him his outfit. That's it. That's his entire yeah. journey back. And you don't have to, you can just ignore every issue of Nightwing from mm-hmm. the day that he got shot to you that could. moment. I do. Yeah. yeah, right? So, but no, just my point is it seemed like they did more harm than good just doing that, or it's even the, the Justice League Odyssey team where at least they were doing stuff, and I don't like it, but, you know, I, Cyborg... I saw a Jesse recap Star of Fire. the last few issues of what happened, and, like, yeah. I mean, mild spoilers to that book, I guess, but they all died? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were I all got dead. Point... Like, not even just for, like, oh, you know, it's a, a one-issue cliffhanger. They were dead for issues and issues, by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Because they had to be reborn because of the stuff that, that 
I almost called him Thanos because he's essentially Thanos in that book. Darkseid is doing. Um, it's funny that that Darkseid predates Thanos, but then Thanos rips off Darkseid, and then Thanos gets big because of the MCU, and then this version of hooded Darkseid kind of becomes Thanos. What you have just you described know? is comics in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but anyways, yeah, they they died. Just died at one point. She exploded, and then gets held back together by Green Lantern ness. Yeah, but all the others actually died, and Jess was just like sure. the uh, the the. Well, they they all got lost to the Omega effect the last time I had read. Yeah, you know, someone's know. here apparently because the dogs are going nuts. Yeah, um, well, this is went wildly off topic anyway. Um, it, it did, but I think I think though, as DC fans that we are, this I, at least I won't say for you guys, this really hit me in the heart and did make me feel happy. Not as much as it will get to the Flash, not as much as that did. But seeing Wally back in that costume, seeing him interact with the family, and just having my Wally West seemingly back, even if it's just for this. Because I because I do feel like the rug's going to be pulled out and he's not surviving metal. You know, like, a Flash has to die. How many times are we hearing this? I mean, it's mentioned in this issue. <laughs> the word, yeah, the Batman is. who laughs says it, or the Darkest Knight right. says it, whoever. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean... I'm not. I don't want to get my hopes up about whatever's going to happen with Wally uh, and anyone else from that generation in a few months' time. Um, but at the very least, maybe they won't completely screw up, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and the art is mostly good on the issue. Uh, with a couple of issues, there's a couple of moments we mentioned that aren't you know perfect, but uh, ultimately it is generally quite nice looking, and the two page layouts do look very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Barrows has always been a good fit for Flash. I think he has a, mm-hmm. a good, a strong dynam- dynamism. No, oh, I can't speak. Dynamism. Thank you. Gotcha. I kind of slurred it a little bit, but that's one of those words. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he, um, but he, if, he, he has if, a lot of that. Yeah. If, if you like Barrows and you like what I've talked about, Venditti, his Freedom Fighters, mm-hmm. it's Venditti and Barrows doing, you know, pulpy, action y stuff. So that sounds like your jam. Have at it. Uh, uh, yep, I uh, I plan on getting to it. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm giving us a solid eight. Connor, uh, I'm also giving it an eight. It was going to be an eight point five, but since we had that discussion on that double page spread, I'm not I'm knocking it down half a point. Jeez, oh, my mate's going. Uh, I will. I probably will give it the eight point five. Uh, it hit me enough, uh, in the feels where it needed to hit me. Uh, that it was delightful to see that stuff. So there you go. That is uh, Speed Metal issue one, which I'm going to type in because I didn't actually put in the issue yeah. one in my notes. Uh, I also love that they, I don't know if this is Williamson, but him taking the two genres of metal and doing stories based off of that is pretty cool. Is that Speed Metal and Doom Metal? So uh, I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. All right. The Flash 762, Joshua Ellison, rating with Howard Porter on the art. So mm-hmm. this is the end of the run in terms of the, the book itself, but... Yeah. I, it kind of feels like Speed Metal is the, the real final issue. If anything, yeah. I, I would say Speed Metal issue one should probably be in the, the trade, even though it's kind of a weird Yeah, you, thing you could make it on. as a capper. Yeah. You know. uh, it does feel a little bit separate, but at the same time, it's it, it feels like it, it should fit. You know, I, I was rereading, not rereading, I was reading the uh, West Coast Avengers, and they went and threw in, uh, what was it? The Young Avengers annual, that's the Kate story about how she gets Hawkeye's bow. 
and mm. it's not really West Coast Avengers. This fits more in, you know, Speed Metal will fit in way more with this trade, a finish line, than that did. So, you know, sure. just do it. Yeah. Uh, it starts with uh, the, the lightning striking on Barry. Uh, once again, <laughs> it's not quite at the level of uh, no. Batman's parents dying, or even Flash's mom dying. Now that I think about it, but yeah, uh, it's, it's something we see again and again. Uh, big two-page spread: Barry chasing Thon and the uh, the Speed Force and all the rest of it. Uh, ultimately, this story is about Barry kind of uh, sort of realizing that he's in this endless loop with Thon, so he decides to do something different. So he yeah. takes off his mask and he says that he forgives him, and. He essentially becomes Thon's lightning rod, which essentially bounds him back to the laws of physics because right now he's kind of this paradox that's living on the outside of it. Yeah, because he keeps dying, but because of his knowledge of the speed force and because of almost the metaverse qualities, he's able to overcome death and come back in different forms of himself, which I think is a cool... Because even with how this ends, there could be a, a Thon out there somewhere, you know? Uh, it's almost kind of like the dark multiverse when you think about it. Well, there is a thought at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not jumping too okay. forward. Yeah, we can. We can, um, we can. So, um, so Thon obviously hates this, and then he disintegrates mm-hmm. into nothingness because the the timeline's kind of like rewriting yep. itself. And we see that in the future, in the 25th century, mm-hmm. Thon Eobard Thon is now the the tour guide at the Flash Museum, uh-huh. and Basically, they find out that the reverse Flash is in there. He does exist, but now his identity is a secret. It's unknown. And it's this idea that, like, the idea of... There was all these stories of battles with some reverse Flash, but because the the timeline has changed, because this Eobard Thor in the future never becomes reverse Flash, he's this kind of mystery. He's almost like a myth uh, in that, okay, he's been seen fighting the Flash, and all these big things did happen Mm -hmm. in the past but we never actually found out who it was. So right. I kind of like that idea. I like the idea of turning it into kind of a myth. Not not for us, obviously, but for the people right. of the future. In the 25th century, yeah. yeah. It's kind of the that theory of Back to the Future that people... Uh, who's the writer of that? Uh, I always forget. Um, Bob Gale? Yeah, thank you, Bob Gale. People are always like, well, how didn't Marty's parents recognize Marty? And someone goes, hey, do you remember your life, you know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago? to the detail of one week it's like well no so this really reminded me of that of sure it might be thawne and something might happen later but at this point it's not like it's flash history you know he is that unknown you know something kind of happened but they're not certain so i kind of do like that that does play with the memory and legacy of the character yeah there's a, there's a sort of montage page where it shows that kind of the timeline's kind of fixed itself. You know, all the, all the villains are back in their own time periods. Which, I love that that's Williamson's reset. Like, hey, remember all the stuff that I did? Okay, it's back to one, you know? Yeah. Um, and that murder that Barry was kind of looking into that happened the night of the, the, the storm, or the, the night of Rebirth, sorry, the night of, you know, Wally coming back. Yeah. Uh, it turns out the woman was actually a, uh, the the ancestor of Eobard mm-hmm. Thon, because her husband's name is Thon, and it's kind of this... She doesn't go by that name, you know, so he wasn't able to put it together until right now. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, finds out that she kept her maiden name, basically. Right. Um, And uh, their child is probably the, you know, the great-great-great-grandfather of, right. of Eobard. I was like, please don't be Eddie. Like, What's don't, it? The begs an interesting question. Did, did Thon, like, go back in time and kill his own ancestor? 
and maybe that's what created the paradox is that i don't know is that what he's saying uh, or is this a different thon right because thons a, could be a big family right so those could be a great uncle i don't know the the okay, well, okay you know, in that case though why would he kill her right but why if he kills her judging by time travel he doesn't exist except that he does exist so he doesn't kill her Oh, he, was, he, says repeat, he says repeatedly right. that he's a paradox. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so how would this, like, this ends the paradox? Like, you know what I mean? I don't... No, it starts the paradox. No, it starts the paradox. But wouldn't this close the loop of the paradox because Don's not going to kill... No, 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 I'm now. saying him killing her is, is the start of the paradox right, that was in place. Right, right, and I'm saying now, though, that ends the paradox... <laughs> and that's why he's unknown, right? Well, that's what Williams is, is saying. Well, I mean, the end of the paradox was Barry doing the thing. Not not this. This is just like the the effect that's now here because the paradox didn't happen. Right, timey wimey. <laughs> I don't so think I don't it's think about time travel too much. I don't actually think it's that confusing. But yeah, like this is this is now here because the paradox isn't happening. Um, we go to a barbecue. The Flash family are all hanging out. Uh, but Iris does note note that Wally's not there. Also, is Iris wearing a Jason Voorhees shirt? Is that what's happening? She is. Yeah. And I gotta say, this is Williamson really going like, "Hey, I know you love Lois Lane, but why don't you give Iris some love too?" Sometimes, because <laughs> um, we we do know it is established that through Williamson that she does love horror movies. You know, so the idea of her wearing a Jason shirt, which is kind of similar to my Violent Gentleman Jason shirt. Yeah, well, I I, I questioned. You know, I thought oh, maybe it's just maybe a hockey top, but it's a very Jason esque. It's a very mask. it's Jason's markings of his mask. As as someone that's contemplating getting a Jason mask tattoo, that is his mask, <laughs> like without a <laughs> doubt. Um, but we also know that well, Linda was the the hockey fan on my reread of of John's Flash. You know, she was the one that was in the Keystone Combines. So I, I don't know. Either way, hockey in Central City. You know, whatever goes together. Either way, if she's a Jason fan, a hockey fan, I approve. Oh yeah, of course you do. Uh, yeah. The tease—I presume this is just for the next writer uh, that's doing the mm-hmm. the villain story. There's a little tease for another villain uh, popping up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, otherwise, it's uh, Barry running off. Um, he kind of talks to his ghost mother. I mean, obviously not really, but yeah, he's <laughs> it... talking as you do with someone that yeah. you know passed. You do have conversations. At least I do. Um. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was this, this issue did give me the warm and fuzzies. I said that on, on Twitter, just because it, it rounds up. It's kind of, kind of like speed metal the same way. It's everything that I love about the flash and it is very forgiving. Right. And that's one of his things. Um, yeah. It just ends with him running off to like deal with a, you know, a thing like a flash thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Iris is saying, you know, you know, be back soon kind of thing. Um, and you know, the final page is just him, big full page spread of him running through a gallery of all of his uh, front covers, oh. basically. Also, that villain, that's Dr. Alchemy. So it, it's not a new villain, but it's a... Oh, no, sure, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, honestly, it felt kind of weirdly tacked on, to be honest, that that, that yeah. panel. Uh, it was like, why is this here? Uh, especially because when I looked at it again there a second ago, I was like, yeah, this is kind of weirdly just here, because nothing else even comes up from it. Which I so I assume it's just the hey this is what the next writer's doing so he's he's being nice and putting in a little panel for it, which you know it's fine whatever. Um, I didn't like this as much as Speed Metal. I thought it was good. Um, 
I, I like the because you implied when we're talking about speed metal that you, you like this more, and I don't say more. I think on an emotional level, there, there's parts of speed metal that hit, but I do feel like this. He did stick the landing here with the finish line and stuff that he did with Thon. So I just I don't know. It, again, it made me feel warm and fuzzy versus speed metal, which gave me a lot of fist pumps and made me feel good. But this was. Oh, I guess that's just the distillation of Barry that I've learned just to accept Barry as the Flash and and whatnot. And I feel like this was this kind of did what Williamson wanted to do. So no, I mean I, I, I liked it. It, felt, it did feel like a capper to to his run. It felt like a you know kind of a, a final like a finality to even just the idea of the Flash as a whole because it sort of ends mm-hmm. the rivalry with Thon. Of course, yeah. the the cynical side of me is that you know as soon as the next writer wants to bring Yobar Thon back, they'll just right. mess all this up immediately because they'll make up right. some reason why he's back again. Um, so it has that kind of sad, <sighs> jaded quality to it for me, where I'm like, oh. uh, it's just going to be undone the second one writer wants to. I mean, sure, but at the same time, there are Easter eggs there. We still never got who was in that that monitor suit. You know, that was behind uh, Zoom, um, Hunter Zolomon. And all of that that was kind of teased unless that was meant to be paradox but that those suits are a little bit different you know and because then godspeed took that that over um which also is godspeed still running around then no he does because we see his his grave yeah but his grave gets ran over and it doesn't say august anymore does it i go back to that page yeah um, it fades away. Yeah. So, which means August might still be out there as a police, you know. Yeah, I was going to uh, say that doesn't necessarily mean that he's still Godspeed, though. He may, he may no. not have powers anymore. Although that right. said, there is a flash of lightning, but I assume that was Barry because he's running through a lot yeah. of these pages, or these these panels. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so um, I don't know, just. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, it, with the, the whole Godspeed and it does and, not. It does notably look less red though. That that's that flash yeah. of light. Even though all these panels have Barry running through them, and you get the red and the yellow. The lightning mm-hmm. on that panel does look a bit more white and gold. So right of of Godspeed could be him. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah. So I just um, sort of comes out. There's there's other stuff out there. Like I I wouldn't mind seeing zoom come back through you know especially if, if wally sticks around right like we get through death metal and this new status quo and I, I would like to see more of zoom and kind of that story what's going on there um but yeah so it does notably say that the next issue the trickster returns so i don't even know what the alchemy thing was uh hitting that yeah. so i mean i guess we'll find out in the long run but mm-hmm. um no, I think it's good. I, I think it's a good issue. Uh, I think Speed Metal hit more for me, though. Um, maybe because it feels like it's stuff that I've been waiting on for longer. Um, mm-hmm. And the Flash run as a whole is kind of... Because there's a little thank you note at the end from Joshua Williamson, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's hard not to look at it and go, yeah, I had to cut out, like, 40 issues of it. <laughs> and for the most part, you probably could. Like, you yeah. could probably get to just after Flash War and then like, just take, like, the next three or four trades and just pull them out. And just say read this last one after that, and that'll do you. Was yeah. was there anything relevant to the year one, the forces I in mean, the last section? Just those characters showing up, so like Forza and uh, yeah. was it still 
But still, I mean, force guys when you, say, fast. when you say they show up, though, they're literally in a group shot, and then you see Cameos. them in the bar. You see yeah. them in the barbecue at the end when everyone's there. So it's not like and, and they, yeah, and they talk about the different forces. So theoretically, you don't. And again, that was him resetting, him basically hitting this reset I think it, switch. It, it sounds like it would take very little effort to re-edit a cut of this without them. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not even theoretical, honestly. Like, how many times you would a comic book and there's a giant group shot, and you just accept there's a handful of them you don't know because you don't know every comic book character because it's possible because there's so bloody many. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if someone wanted to use the Speed Force stuff, not the Speed Force, the different the forces of life, you could, and you wouldn't need to go back and read those. You could just jump off with Forza, steadfast, and a, and a, you know, teaming up with Barry or whatever, because the whole uh, psychic force isn't there. The Mind Force, whatever that was called. I don't see that character. So, um... But no, theoretically, you wouldn't need it, because it's not like the Turtle's a big deal, or King Cold, and you can just get rid of that. You know, uh, the whole Renegades, Captain Cold thing, or Commander Cold. So, um... But no, it, it's good. I, I, you know, look forward to see what Williamson's working on next. Um, but yeah. I think I'm a little bit cynical with it. I mean, I mean, I liked it, but kind of like the last issue where I said, you know, I felt the formula of, oh, hey, here's a big full page spread of, like, people returning because we'd done that the mm-hmm. previous issue. And it worked really well the previous issue. It was a bit diminished last issue. And in this mm-hmm. issue, I kind of feel that, okay, it's the typical wiping the slate clean for the next writer. And, um, you know, th- th- just there's just enough of, like... It feels weird, but it feels like the generic end of a run. Does that make sense? Like, you know, not that we do no, it too it often, but it's kind of the generic end of a run. But like, but like, yeah, you're, I think you're really onto something with the speed metal felt more of like his ending tag because it's more about rebirth and he started there and ended there. Whereas this feels like just the end of the flash run. Like he mm. had way more to say in speed metal, you know? So I get the cynical take. I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I guess it just it feels a bit more like oh this is pretty serviceable as an ending and it's you know it's got a, mm-hmm. some good moments and I like seeing everyone together but I'm not like super enthused by it either uh, I guess is what I'm saying I mean it, it just it made me feel nice and in 2020 that's the bare minimum if a book can do that I'll take it alright what are you giving Flash 7.6 uh, to? I'm going to give this an 8.5 just slightly over plus Howard Porter art we didn't talk about Howard Porter the quintessential you know Flash artist Oh, that's really, pretty good. Yeah, looks looks really really good too. So, yeah, I'll probably go with more like a seven on this. I think it's good, but um, not not like you know, yell from the rooftops or anything like that. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to when we get to start the next proper run because we have a couple of fill-in arcs uh, coming up, and then it's tying into you know endless winter. So who knows what it's doing from January onwards? Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be in like a weird holding pattern until. Yeah. We're in the new status quo whenever that properly hits, and then we'll have a new it, proper writer. As someone that's going to collect all of Endless Winter, this is going to mess up my flash because I started getting this when I started rereading it, it was digital. Um, and this is going to mess it all up. So that's fun. I mean, I'll just stick it together with Endless Winter, I guess, but I'll know. Oh, well. First world problems, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, but that's why we were, you were talking about comics on a show. True, know. yes. Uh, so that is like first world privilege at its finest. Yeah. yeah. All right. Suicide Squad, issue nine. Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on the art. 
So, yeah, obviously this was the one we were kind of building up to because we knew they'd been kind of advertising this as the death of Deadshot. And yeah. they've been doing this for a while. Uh, basically, the story of the issue is the team getting to the island and then getting to the building and getting to Ted Cord and kind of this big showdown that, that happens that plays out a little bit differently than we'd expect, although you kind of, you're as a reader, you're sitting there kind of doubting that you're like, something feels off about this, something doesn't feel quite mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you something know straight special. away it's not so, all as it seems. I'm I'm waiting constantly for the trapdoor for Taylor, because mm-hmm. I know how he likes to mess with us. Absolutely. And then I got thinking, because you know, when, when me and Pete watch wrestling, sometimes the, you know, the, the swerve is there is no swerve. And they're just going to play it straight. So I'm like, wait, is Tom Taylor messing with us here now? I'm waiting for this to happen. And yeah. I, it makes it through the whole issue. And this son of a bitch does it. Yeah, you got Chaos getting uh, thylacine, you know, getting intel. Yeah, yep. they, they kidnap a, like a Congress dude that, or whoever he is. Uh, and then Finn questions him underwater, <laughs> which is just a delightful which is, sequence. Which is pretty, pretty great. Yeah. I love yeah. that panel of him. I left him with some friends, and it's like, you know, he's being held in by an octopus, and there's, like, sharks coming in yeah. and stuff. It's it's great. He's got an oxygen tank, though. He's not he's not drowning, just for the record. No, but he's kind of left to the devices of the animals, so, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, I'm not sure if the implication here was, we're just going to let the, 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 the sharks eat him, or mm-hmm. if it was more of a, he'd use some mental telepathy on the sharks to be like, just scare him. And then they right. were going to come back for him later. I, I, I'm not sure what which way it actually was supposed yeah. to be read. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, maybe it's something we'll get the morality of these characters more as we get to know them, and we'll have or a better lack, idea of that. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, yeah. <laughs> uh, Harley and Deadshot have kind of a touching, almost goodbye, uh, where it's like, hey, we spent a lot of time in Suicide Squad together. Uh, Harley tries to be nice, and they get interrupted because Liveshot is using a gun and shooting some uh, some birds. And Deadshot makes it very clear that he doesn't actually want her messing with guns, and he wants her to be better than him, and that he doesn't feel very good about the life that he's had. Uh, and she makes him pinky promise not to kill anyone, uh, which is a very sweet scene, and it's very which might be foreshadowing for later. Very foreshadowing uh, to uh, the point where when he's when he's you know confronted about the fact that he promised not to kill anyone, and they're essentially going on a, a you know an assassination mission for Ted mm-hmm. Cord, he says. Well, someone else can pull the trigger, and it's for anyone else. I can still shoot people, I just can't kill them. Which is very Terminator 2, you know, it's he'll live yeah. uh, kind of right. thing. Yeah, I like that you'll need a new name. What was it that they uh, suggested? Meme shot. Meme shot, yeah. yeah. So, now we get a, a page of them infiltrating, so it's just a little montage page of each one of them using their powers one by one uh, in these little boxes. Ted Cards. Ted Cards seems to be freaking out, although given the twist that comes with the Superman section, I'm going to hasten to assume that Ted Cord that we've been seeing throughout this run has not actually been Ted Cord. And Which kind of makes me a little angry. Um, but say that as a Ted Cord fan, I'm also <laughs> okay with it because I don't want guys I like to be dirtbags. But it kind of lessens that reveal in that issue where you write, like... I mean, we always expected it to be a like a way around it. There was always going to be something that revealed that Ted Cord wasn't true. actually an evil I prick can't... now. Knowing knowing that Tom Taylor used to work in a carnival as a sword thrower and juggler and kind of as a sideshow guy, he is carny as hell, and I don't believe anything I, he says anymore. Yeah, I love how different some of the backgrounds people who come to comics are. Mm-hmm. See, you have like, you know, your you Snyders who, okay, you know, you 
professors, teachers, you know, whatnot. academics. Yeah. yeah, you've got like Sol, who's like straight up a lawyer, still is, yeah. and then you have like Tom well, Taylor. <laughs> is Sol a lawyer or is yeah. he a shepherd of Star Wars? Because I feel like I I I feel like those things are not mutually exclusive. I don't know, man. I don't know where he has. I the can't time. believe you did that little list that mentioned the fact that Tom King was in the CIA. I mean, <laughs> these... well, yeah, and, you know, yeah. and then oh, but on the other end as well, you have like uh, Gil Simone, who was like a, a hairdresser, right? So it's it's literally like yo, a complete like but, such well, a spectrum uh, of previous but careers. But with Gail now, we know she's a liar, so <laughs> we fair. can't trust anything. I she think says. the point the point is is that anyone can write. Like if someone can write, they can write. Uh, it doesn't really matter what else they've done before. <laughs> Or you got to be friends with the guy that you know was the 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 um, EIC, and you're just given a character for years at a time. You know, doesn't mean you can write. Yeah. Um, anyways, I don't. Tom Taylor is carny as hell, and I don't trust a word he says anymore because there was much to do with his. And this is us, or at least me, reading way too much from his Twitter about hey, sometimes the guys you think are good aren't good right um and they're human beings are more complex than that so I, I don't know but that's a good spot to have is if you don't know whether to believe in them or not well let me so. explain what this uh, scene is because to get up to the, the 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 top of the tower and ted cards and you know a rope and he's got he's gagged he's, he's he's tied up superman's just standing there and they're like wait what what's happening and i see is not happy because she wants you know his blood uh, yeah. They start to ask about where the uh, you know the the girl from the the, the prison was. You know, we learned about mm-hmm. the flashbacks, and all that stuff. And everyone leaves. Everyone's like, "Oh well, it's, I guess it's done now because Superman is dealing with it, and we can you know we move on." But Deadshot sticks around. He's like, "Hey, can I ask for something?" And he's, he's he tells him about the fact that he's been pardoned and all that. And he's like, "Hey, can I ask for something for my daughter? Maybe you know, set her on the right path." And Superman's playing along. Um, and you're kind of waiting for it, and he has a aha. And I, I thought it was going to be that he knows what Superman's signature looks like because he gets him to sign a yeah. uh, a, a, like a magazine, and yeah. it turns out it's like I never told you my daughter's name, and he you know he said Zoe on it. Um, but the the death here is that whoever this is, which we're going to get to in a second, uh, shoots him through the magazine. So we see the the hole in the magazine, and then he put the magazine goes down, and we see where it hit. Which is right, sort of in the upper chest kind of area, um, and then it reveals that the sort of the hologram imaging that's creating the image of Superman dissipates, and we see who this actually is. The villain of this book is Black Mask, mm-hmm. and potentially always has been Black Mask. Is I think the, the obvious implication, which I think is entertaining as shit, considering I read that that uh, the villain, uh, you're the villain's tie-in. Mm-hmm. Of Black Mask because it was Tom Taylor. And correct me if I'm wrong, Black Mask in that issue was using a disguise at multiple yep. points. Yep. That... I, I do actually like this extension for Black Mask. It, you know, mm-hmm. these these holographic disguises are ultimately just, just masks, right? Yeah. yeah. But yep. I just, Kevin, going all the way back to that annual, which felt very standalone and as if it didn't really matter that much, it's kind of weird that he's, play, he's playing like 4D chess with how he's yeah. setting this up and other like one-shots that he's done ages ago. And that's, yeah. And so this whole issue, I'm like, because he said, no, we're killing Deadshot. He's dead. And I get through this issue and you're like, okay, well, maybe Deadshot dies, but Floyd is able to go on. 
And then you get to the end, and it's a little bit too happy. It's it's, like, a, it's it's a bullet in the head, and he falls out a window from a very yeah, high floor. That... Without a doubt, he does kill him, but it's on the very last page. It's not in the head. What are you talking about? No, the he takes a bullet. Is... Yeah. Oh, the second look shot is... The, yeah, look, he's falling out the window on the final page. There's blood coming out of his forehead. Oh, I was, I was disputing the first shot. The first shot's clearing his yeah. chest. Oh, no, the, the oh, first yeah, one yeah. is... But, and, and sure, I could buy Okay, maybe he'll survive that. You know, it's comics. But the second one... No, it's a shot in the head, and then he's out the window. That's... Yep. That's pretty damning, as far as it seems right now. <laughs> yeah. So I like the idea that this uh, Ted Card, who's tied up, is Ted Card. But the idea being that... He's always tied up. He, they literally just have him in a cupboard tied up while Black Mask is pretending right. to be Ted Card. Uh, it's kind of funny to me. So, what, what do you think the point is that Deadshot kind of figured it out? Because obviously it's it's before the, the signature. He's kind of leading Superman into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's obviously trying to, like, you know, solve it and, like, get him to show his hand. Yeah, there's a point where he says, thanks, and then there's, the, you know, the, the dot, dot, dot Superman. And so he's, he's obviously got the, the inkling by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh the question is, do you think it's before he, you know, stays behind and wants to, you know, hey, hey you all go off. I, I just want to, you know, has he already thought about it? Is I just want to, you know, check something. Or is it after that and he regrets letting, it, you know, everyone else having gone? So, no, I think he knew something was up by the time, just because Superman just being there, mm. right? Uh, and, and all their other stuff. Because when he hands it over, he goes, hey, thanks. He goes, yeah, that's what I thought. So it's got to be that his plan. As soon as he sent everyone else away, he knew it wasn't exactly Superman. You could argue it's when he does say thanks, Superman, just before that, because Superman says you're clearly a good soldier for a great country. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that sentiment that Superman's just kind of hand-waving everything he's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's so out of character that that's the moment where he really truly sort of goes, hmm, thanks, yeah. Superman. Well, because that... Yeah. That was my first flag going like, okay, this is definitely not Superman because I was thinking it know. the whole time just because it felt easy. I'm like, but mm-hmm. it, I'm like, but it looks a lot like Superman. Yeah. And and, and I know just say Redondo does a great Superman, such a clean, gorgeous Superman. Well, and then on the the other part of that too, to me is I know how Taylor thinks about Superman, right? After writing Evil Superman and 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 all that is he is he's not that Dark Knight Returns pro-america type superman so him saying oh you're a good soldier for your country that's a tell you know mm. and i and i feel taylor that's why that's because that's where i started to feel off in it like and i mean and it helps too that he's it's him and dead shot and you're like well what where's the other shooter drop here you know because there's there's more going here so um but yeah i don't ugh, man tom taylor got me because i was like oh no he they're, they're not killing dead he's just he's full of it oh no wait He's a shot in the head and push out a window. Like, uh, he... This is ultimately still comics, and if they really yeah. want to find a way to tell us he's not dead, There's... they they can. Right. But this is as definitive as a dead body gets mm-hmm. in comics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I'm kind of glad they followed through on it. As as mm-hmm. it actually, you know, actually hit quite hard given the the last few issues with Deadshot and the stuff with his daughter has been really mm-hmm. really solid. Yeah. Um, you know, I never. Oh, I don't want a character to die that I like. You never do, but no. I appreciate them just straight up following through on the threat. Hmm. Well, and and the fact that they gave it away, right? This isn't like a surprise death. They told us it was coming. Yeah, because the surprise deaths feel 
more likely to just be like, ah, oh, well, it'll be back to normal next huh. issue somehow or another because right. because they can't help themselves. They can't help yeah. but hype it up. Like, hey, you'll want to buy copies of this one when it's when it's actually going to happen. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, it never even occurred to me that they might be lying. I I, I always I just expected it to be I just accurate cause the whole it's, time because it's because it's comics and when you come to me when you come out in front like that, there's there's a trick. I don't know. Right? There was just there was so much pride pride in his tweets when he said, "No, we're really doing this." That I just believed yeah. him, and I never like. Yeah, but I went into this issue like, saying, like, like Matt says, though he he comes from that background where he loves swerving. It's why he has such, all the all the showmanship of it. Um, right. Oh sure, I, I, I but put it past him to lie on Twitter for the for the sake of the story. But I came into this issue of the mindset of how is it going to happen, not is it going to happen. So well, so did I, and then the longer it went on. I started going, that son of a bitch, he got me. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. Oh, no, it was always going to be the end. It's always in the back of my head that maybe they yeah. won't. It, 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 yeah. You know, I, I'm, I, I take it at face value, but I didn't, like, you know, 100% commit to, oh, they're, they're definitely going to do it. There was probably, like, you know, 20, 30% in the back of my head going, yeah, but how are they going to get away from it, you know, given every, everything they've said? How, how are they going to not do it? Ah, they're rewriting reality in, like, two months' time. They can just... Yeah, but I do like feel like if he's doing stuff going forward, it's going to be based off of this. And it is Black Mass is going to be, you know, in, in my head, but he's amassing, you know, fortunes. And, and he's not on the black market anymore, right? He's not on the criminal underworld. He he makes the jump to an actual businessman, right? Mm. Uh, using less than legal means. Uh, so... Presumably, someone's going to catch them. Otherwise, Ted's going to be dead too. <laughs> yeah, because he's, yeah, well, he's been got, pulled out the window with him. Uh, Deadshot did alert the rest of the team that were yeah. down on the ground. Um, I'm, I'm sure Ares flying around. Yeah. yeah, I would assume so. I would assume that's what's going to happen at the start of next issue. Um, yeah, uh, art's bright and vivid and clean, and all those things that have been true were done on the issues. Um, yeah. That was a really good issue. Is it, Joe, what's so weird about this, though, is that I actually think it's probably not even in the top five of the issues of this. And we're only on issue nine, which just tells you how good this book's been. That I think it this is. is just an okay issue of this. I mean, it's not just okay, it's a great issue. But in the context of these nine issues, it's in the average side. <laughs> yeah, you, you feel like this is the exact story Taylor wants to do. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's, it's fair to say this is a mid-tier issue of this book. Yeah. I can still give this a very high score and not feel like, you know, I'm cheating that mm -hmm. sentence either. Because, I mean, how many issues have I given nines, tens, 9.5s mm -hmm. to this book out of, the, out of the previous eight? Probably more a than lot. half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Matt, yeah. uh, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this an 8.5. Connor? Uh, also the 8.5. 8.5 is what I'm giving it, so there you go. Uh, uh, I just checked. I've only given one other issue an 8.5. Everything else has been above that. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the lower end of this run, essentially, for me, but still an 8.5. Action Comics 1025, Brian Michael Bendis writing with John Romita Jr. On the art. Let's uh, talk about Whiplash. Enjoy. Uh, well, Connor obviously read this too because he was so into the last issue that he was forced yeah, to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't help so, myself. He came back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out the gate with some positives mm -hmm. first is I, I, so we, we find out kind of Leon's backstory a little bit here, um, which I really enjoy a fragment yeah, of it. 
We got a fragment yeah. of it. That that she's actually from Earth three, which is the evil Earth with Ultraman and Owlman and Superwoman, that we saw the the Young Justice team visit, right uh, in their tour of the multiverse. Um, yeah, I'll be, just, can I be can I can be critical of the art, but not in the usual Ramita Junior way, right? I want yeah, right. I want to be critical of something here. Is I don't think they make a point of showing the obvious tell signs like. I noticed the the speedster, and I was like, Kayla's kind yeah. of familiar. And, I, and then I looked at the Superman and went, oh, wait, I think that's a U. But they've got his arm covering most of the logo, so you can't actually see that it's the U from Ultraman. Yeah. And I'm like, no. make this more. Because the, 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 the Green Lantern, you know, the power uh, ring or whatever he's called, because he's been lit up by the explosion and his chest has been hit with the light, he actually just looks like he could be Green Lantern because of the way the light's hitting him. Mm-hmm. Like... I just feel like this could have been way more obvious in, in the art, you know, at a glance. So as soon as I turned the page, yeah. it was immediately clear this is the uh, the crime syndicate, but it isn't. It's, it's, you know, it's just sort of, I turn the page and sort of look at it for a bit and go, wait a minute, I think this might not be, you know, this is, you know, these characters. Yeah. I just, I, I feel it like... Was, it was the Flash that gave it away to me. Yeah. The, the, that, that's, that's Johnny Quick. This should have been, like, turn the page, holy shit, it's the crime syndicate. Instead, it was turn the page... These look a bit off. Wait a minute. And I had to sort of examine it to kind of get the, the point of what it was doing. So, um... So, I like the idea that she comes from this corrupted world. I like the story... She... I, like, I like the story reveal. I like the actual story yeah. reveal of what it's doing. I just... I, the art ruined the reveal for me completely. Sure, sure. Um, I'm trying to be positive here. Sure. There right. you go. Um, and so I, I do love the interaction of the super family throughout you know this has never been a it's never been my problem with these issues um right uh, so that, that's where my positives end because because <laughs> there's ben just does some stuff here that really makes me mad and i know i'm probably doing the typical matt overreact however this doesn't not make me feel good uh the 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 stuff here where we get you know um Red Cloud and Dr. Glory pulling some corrupted Superman out of the multiverse to, to wage destruction on the super family. Well, uh, is it not a more successful version of Parasite? That was what I was getting from basically, that. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's a corrupted Superman because he, he stole the power and and whatnot. Um, well, no, but it's a Parasite that stole the power from a Superman. So he's not a corrupted Superman. He's a Parasite that was successful and took Superman's power. Sure, sure. I'm just using the the that he did, right? Because it's a, and he used that power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I took it as a parasite, not a Superman. So I never thought of it as a corrupted Superman. Let me see. There's something that led me to that. That, and maybe because it just said take care of Superman. Yeah, because because I, I thought it was a parasite, and then they basically described it as a successful parasite that just kept right. feeding off more and more super people. Yeah. And imagine, imagine what this looks like, not by JRJR. <laughs> I know. You know, imagine the Ivan Reese version. I know, it looks so bad. Do you know what's so weird about this? First of all, it, it's got like a, it looks kind of old. It's, it's got like a yeah. Court of Owls type of head on it. It's kind of weird. Uh -huh. Um, So here's here's the really annoying thing, and I've always said this about Ramita Jr.'s art, is that I actually think his layouts are quite good. See, see the pacing mm -hmm. and the build-up when the super family are flying in the sky and they see him coming in the distance... And then you have that wide two-page layout where they're getting, you know, that those wide, wide, wide panels where they're just little dots on either side flying towards each other. 
it goes in for the close-ups but then they're getting closer and the wider shots like the pacing of that that page is actually really good the build-up you feel the build-up to the impact of them coming together that mm-hmm. that aspect of it's actually really well done it's just that the actual art is atrocious like the faces are hideous um it's such a weird thing uh the, the plot issue other than that though other than the fact that Red Cloud and Doctor, what's her face from Star Labs from Young Justice? Glory. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they released this parasite. The, other, the story, otherwise, is that Clark has sent a story to Lois for her to try and publish. So they're kind of debating with uh, with uh, Agent Chase as if they should b- right. be allowed to publish a story, even though they're being like raided by the FBI. And eventually, Leon shows up and is like, "Hey, I can prove that Lois is a fraud and she's not from this planet. I mean, Earth technically, but not this Earth." So I'm like, okay, right. so Leon knows that she's kind of an amalgamation of a, an alternate Earth that existed before. Right. Even though it's not a different Earth, because she's from Earth 3. This is not right. like Lois being from Earth 3. This is Lois being from a previous version of continuity. Earth There's a difference. Prime. Yeah. She's still from Earth Prime. Yeah. And and that touches on what record. I do like that Bendis brings in. That's, that's another positive that I spaced on until you just said. I like that it brings what Rekka did in that Lois book mm-hmm. into here. You know, and and with Jimmy here too, is because he starts talking about like, wait, how much does the Daily Planet cost? So just like the the idea of him being able to buy the Daily Planet from out from under her, um, I, I do like too. And that kind of plays off of the the fraction story. Yeah, it's um, nice to anyway. bring those elements in. Um, yeah. So I know I, 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 I think it's interesting that Leon's try to exploit that as if she as if she can get people to not trust Lois because she's technically not Lois from this earth, even mm-hmm. though she is. And it's just weird. Like, I mean, we'll see how people take it if she actually tries to convince them of anything. Um, but you know, meanwhile, the super family are fighting this uh, this parasite, and uh, I assume what you're upset about is that this thing kicks the living shit out of Connor Kent. Well, and it's and it's you know, Clark goes to go head up with it, and he tells the kids basically, "I I got this," but Connor, being Connor, which I do appreciate, basically sideswipes him. And and then ends up looks like being killed. And um, if he gets killed, I'm gonna be mad. I mean, he's, he's just got him back. He's not dead for a start. I'll just say that right away. Uh, okay. He's definitely not dead. Uh, secondly, um, eh, I, I wouldn't miss him. This thing. <laughs> of, of course you wouldn't. But I just I just got him back he's in not the dead, pages though. of Young Justice. And now, now this. Just uh, to, to weigh in, having not read it, obviously, but Matt was obviously furious about this earlier in the mm-hmm. week, so I asked him to fill me in on the, you know, the, the short version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's plausible because we've been saying for like a year now, do they really need two Superboys running around at roughly the same age? Kind of feels makes one feel redundant, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could explore that and explore this brotherhood that might could come from them both existing at the same time. Um, all that happens here, though, is that he gets you know beat up a lot, and he lands, and he, he you know he looks like he's been had the shit kicked out of him, and they yell his name. That that's just standard comic book cliffhanger one on one. I mean, I I haven't seen the yeah. pages. Matt just told me that no, no, no. Like they killed. But at Connor the same Kent, time, like, ooh, okay. They have not yeah, killed sure. Connor Kent, right? Let's just but end they... that discussion right now. It's not well, happening. I, I want to double check my message from him just to make sure that is what he said. Huh? <laughs> this is definitely Matt jumping because that this they want us to think that he might be dead, but he's definitely like we would never see for almost any other character. Matt wouldn't even question this; he wouldn't even think about it that much. He would just assume they're okay. No, but that's okay. But at the same, go ahead, Connor. So I, I saw 
you know, Matt's tweet, and I messaged him going, so what's the big thing in action? And and I quote, his response was, it looks like he killed Connor. Yeah. So it looks like. <laughs> but he definitely jumped straight to that. Yeah. So, I just look at it as this is a thing that killed Superman, right? It absorbed it. It's Parasite that successfully absorbed Superman. So, what chance does Connor have, right, in that? And there has to be a consequence. For Leon to do this, they can't just be like, oh, man, oh, he messed me up. But thanks I mean, to my Luther genes, he is, the, know, he so- is the expendable one. I mean, like, Kelly and John would have the, so, so many ramifications for Clark right, and Lois. Right. right. So this is, welcome to my logic, is, oh, <laughs> if you kill somebody, it's going to be Connor. Look, I'm not saying that he's definitely not going to die, but I, I don't think he's dead in this moment. In fact, if anything, them having this cliffhanger makes me think he's probably going to be okay, because just writing one-on-one. But then if that's the case, then it's a little bit of, okay, so cliffhanger, what's, what's the point of introducing this parasite creature if, what, he just absorbed the Kryptonian side? And what saved him was the tactical telekinesis, you know. I don't, I don't know. So just, just him doing that, I don't know. It's very upsetting to well, me. Well, I mean, the the point is to like establish him as a threat, show that he can beat the shit out of you know Connor. Uh, the idea being that next issue, the the rest of the family would have a hard time fighting him, and maybe he can take down Superman. It's it's all about just building up the the villains, building up the monster. Um, right, but we got this red cloud. How many times? This isn't Red Cloud, though. This is this is this Parasite villain. I know, villain. So, but we've done so. If we've done it with Red Cloud so many times, if you're going to up it, then you bring in this character. I feel like I, I took Matt's words at face value yeah. because I, I saw no reason to doubt him, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I hadn't seen the pages. Hearing the description of it does sound like Matt's a bit... Just a bit paranoid and terrified of, of, lose, of yeah, losing yeah. basically all this happening here is typical this is like 101 comic book writing that maybe you'd like or don't like i mean that's really neither here nor there at this point is it's just typical comic book writing that matt because he's so paranoid that connor might die is you, starting to question it way more than he normally would in ways that make no sense to him <laughs> i don't it's just, i don't trust bendis to not do it there are at least to my knowledge two other instances this week alone of characters looking more dead than this sounds on the final page. <laughs> Deadshot was, yes, one of them. Uh, another yeah. one's in a book to come up. But I'm like, oh, and, and maybe there's more in books I didn't read. Who knows? But, like, yeah, this doesn't sound that bad in comparison to some of those. Yeah. This is, this is Matt being comic book reaction guy. <laughs> This this is exactly why they write these cliffhangers because it works mm-hmm. on people like Matt. <laughs> I still stand by it. And do you, do you remember uh, when, no one else? Do you remember when uh, they did the whole thing with Captain America with the uh, the, the the Hell Hydra? Reveal? Oh yeah, yeah. And and the internet went wild as if there wasn't a story behind it, as if this was just it now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like Matt, how did you not fall for that? I hope every single issue because te- I'm not dialed in. Because I am not dialed in to Captain America like I am to Superman mythos, so I don't care. I still don't understand the Secret Empire whole thing about it was Cap, but it wasn't Cap. I don't care. Um, this is this is not Connor who they went out of their way to deny the existence in Reborn. 
Don't forget, that's where it became a whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, I for one, I'm looking forward to returning to that continuity. I can't wait to hear Pete next week. If if the spoilers that I saw of of three Jokers it turns out to be true, I haven't I read them. I I, oh, I don't yeah. want to know any details. I'm Just, not giving is, any. Is it something to do with Babs by any chance? Maybe. <laughs> it maybe have to do with Jason. It might have to do with Jason and Babs and Bruce. Um. Oh, next week's gonna yeah. be juicy, isn't it? Yeah, if, 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 the if they're true, I only did a, a cursory scan, right? Because um, you yes. have no self restraint and had to see at least some part of it. But oh, no, no, no. That's, that, this is this is major deflection here. This is comparing something that's actually potentially in an issue of something to something where Matt is just assuming something's going to happen. If I wanted to be a right dick, I would just come out and say it. But hey, but I that wouldn't just—that wouldn't just be a dick move to me, though. That'd be a dick move to anyone listening to this show. Well, no, that's not true. You could edit it out for viewers' sake. You could. You, you could put a big beat. But see, over. I'm not that. I'm not that heartless. Because don't forget, Superman's still my favorite hero, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna. And plus, I don't want this to be true. I want this to be someone that. What What I want, Matt, is next week. If it's If it's yeah. not true, if we read it, and you know, yeah. you're the only one who's gonna know out of the three of us, right? Right, right, right. I want you to tell us what the rumors were. Yeah. Sure. Because uh, I, 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 I had seen Matt's tweet earlier in the week about action, and I'd kind of forgot about it, and I was reading this, and it sort of popped back in my head, and I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to upset Matt so much. And I got to the end of this, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And it wasn't, until, and it wasn't until we came out of this show, and he started, like, hitting towards it, that I was like, oh, he's talking, well, he actually think Connor's, heart, like, dead? What? <laughs> Like, I didn't get it, because it's just typical, it's, this is everyday comic book, we have to show the villain strong so we see a hero get beat up. And, yeah, he'll probably be bruised and beat up and whatever, but he's probably fine. Um, or, you know, maybe he is dead, and maybe I can start cracking my jokes again soon. I mean, either way, I win. So, <laughs> whoever dies, I win. You know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful... God, you are the darkest timeline. <laughs> Pete is straight up evil Abed. So, so yeah, so Parasite be up some dude uh, who looked yeah. looked like he was left for dead. I look look like that's the big difference. Left for dead. Yes. Not not dead. Left for dead. Yes. That, that Either is... way, I think it's poor storytelling on Venice's part. All things considered. A, he's better than this, right? Maybe not to Connor. Better than what? But... What's poor about this? Explain to me what's poor about this. So I, I feel like it's it's a cheap. If it's not, if it's that he's killed Connor, whatever story beat wise. Personally, to me, it sucks, but I can understand how people wouldn't take it as hard. But if it's not, if it's just a fake, I I feel like the setup of Red Cloud and Doctor Glory having to get something way more strong. To throw Superman off his game, will... and the ultimate sacrifice is Connor. I just I feel like Bendis is better than that. That's I'll, I'll give Matt the benefit of the doubt here in that we have uh, multiple times complained about the cliche of this. You know, as as Pete put it, it's standard mm -hmm. comic book cliffhanger. We have complained mm -hmm. about that before. As it's kind of just cheap, boring storytelling cliffhangers. I mean, this is even just comic book though. This is further than that. This is yeah. just. You show your villain strong by having them be up someone we know is typically capable. And I think in the context of this particular reveal of this, this villain, 
this issue starts with the reveal that Leon is from a different Earth, which is something that we have not known up until this point. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been teasing Leon for the entire oh. run of Action Comics, and this is yeah. where we find out she's from a different Earth. So the idea that she's got a weapon from another Earth, in this case, this parasite, mm-hmm. um, ties into that opening reveal. So this doesn't feel. I mean, the actual act of what she's doing here, and that she has this secret weapon actually feels like it's it's just tying into what this issue in general is revealing about her, which we oh. both said we liked at the start here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and that's not a problem, because when you think about it, if Lois is from a different Earth, so is Connor. That's what the whole point of his character has been since since Dennis brought him back. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that like a whole thing in Young Justice? I vaguely remember yeah. you guys talking about him feeling kind of lost in our place near the yeah, start yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, right. so again, and the, so Bendis uses that as to, you know, Again, this is just a cheap, oh, big parasite Superman takes out Connor. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's Bendis. To me, Bendis is bigger than that. Again, I don't recall any implication that he is a Superman in this book. I want to point that out again. No, he defeated Superman, right? Yes. He absorbed Superman's power. That doesn't make him a Superman, though. No. God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're splitting hairs like what we talked about before you keep calling before him a superman you've said it like 10 <laughs> times you okay. literally just made me choke on my whiskey right. yeah. okay this parasite super weapon is that better why do you have to say that just say he's parasite he's a parasite no he's a parasite super weapon he absorbed <laughs> superman's powers he so, killed you know, superman you know, you know if parasite absorbs like <laughs> A, st- a sun's power, like a star. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't call that like a a star weapon. Parasite. parasite. You, you, you just. It's just parasite. It's just charged up. No. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, my understanding of parasite is when he absorbs the power, mm-hmm. he doesn't take their powers necessarily. Yeah, he's not a measle. He Absorbs and yeah. uses okay, that energy to he... enhance himself. Okay, real quick. Parasite can't fly, right? Uh, typically, sure. no. Parasite can't fly. Yes. No, he can't. Even if he absorbs Superman's power, he can't fly, right? Yeah. This one flies. Plus, this one's uh, flying. Whatever. Yes, yeah, different Earth. Parasite. Had a beeline to Clark. That's the great well, page this, that this Earth's parasite can fly then. Yeah. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm done splitting hairs. Either way, it's a super weapon. It absorbs Superman. I'm calling it an evil Superman it, at this point. It's a very strong no. parasite. Okay, so Superman. If this way, no, no, no. But if this was, if this was a Dark Knight thing. <gasps> This would be an, an evil Superman from a dark multiverse. No, it wouldn't be, because that's not yes. what it is. It's not a Superman. Every, okay, every, so, then, uh, wait. so is Black Monday not a Batman in metal? No, he is a Batman because, be Batman. because no, the gimmick of dark, the dark multiverse stuff yeah. is that every single character we see who's a dark Batman, who's a variation, are all Bruce Wayne's from other Earths. This is not a Clark Kent from another Earth. <laughs> but that's not always. True with the Batman. This is. I think it is. No, it's not. Because the Pearl, <laughs> also in that issue, is his mother. Okay, it's fine. It's Wade. still Wayne, though, isn't it? Yeah, okay. It's There's fine. some tangential ones that aren't exactly yes. Bruce, but they're yes, all okay. part of that lineage. I don't care. I am. This is an evil Superman, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, evil Superman. Yeah. I just killed like Connor Kent. Matt is essentially putting this, this parasite that has absorbed a Superman uh-huh. up against Ultraman. Is is kind of what that's what he's saying. They're the same. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no! Ultra, no, no. Ultraman's not. He's an right. He's an evil Superman, right? He's not Clark Kent. 
he gets his powers via kryptonite. <laughs> so you can't. So by your guys' logic, you couldn't call Ultraman an evil Superman. Oh, he is an evil Superman. Right. So is this. This is an evil parasite Superman. No, he's a parasite. He's just a parasite. That's all no, he is. He's a parasite Superman. He's just a. He's a I, he's I almost a, wish I'd read this so I could have an informed <laughs> argument. He's just a very. He's a very successful parasite because he's introduced as this is just a parasite that killed that world Superman. So and then he kept feeding on more super people and he is super strong as a result of that. He is the, the ultra parasite. He's the uber parasite, but he's still a parasite. Take, what's another wait, what, What's another word for uber? <laughs> Pete. Just because he's a super parasite doesn't make him a superman. Right, he's a little superman parasite. Fine. <laughs> I'm not calling it. The, the more you push against, the more I'm going to dig in. When are you oh, going to... I, I can't wait. Please, tell me, parasite wasn't dealt with in this issue. Right? So I'll be honest. I know, no, he's, still, he's still there. He's, still, he's just, oh, he's just knocked out Connor. This is going to come right back up again next issue with some sort of resolution as to who was right, and I'm, I'm here for it. I don't. I don't think it will. I don't think they're going to talk about it more than just he's some parasite, and he's never just going to be mentioned. Although beyond that, unless they do something where we get the origin, in which case that could be fascinating. Uh, if they somehow, here's the thing though: if they do reveal in some way that this is a Clark Kent from another Earth that became a parasite, I'm still not going to like concede the argument because nothing in this issue tells us that. That this man's just jumping. Oh, he's just a Pete. What Pete's saying is he also enjoys splitting hairs, so. That's fine. It doesn't take any understanding away of of what it is. To me, I, this I is I can't believe. Superman. I cannot believe Matt has got the reading of Action Comics this time. So wrong. <laughs> I would like people. So, just just to clarify, so people in the comments or in Twitter, wherever you're going to respond to this this query that I'm about to pose to you, right? Do you think this is a Clark Kent a la a evil Batman from yeah. Metal? Or is this just a parasite from another Earth that has been successful in its endeavours to suck the power of various supermen and other such characters? <laughs> I, I, do you know what the funniest thing about this whole argument is? is I, don't even, I never predicted it because I never, I never thought it was a question. As to what this thing was, as I was yeah, because you went off on it because I called it a uh, corrupted Superman. <laughs> because Either to way, be fair, to be, you you know how much I hate agreeing with Pete on anything. <laughs> oh, I but know. A parasite that absorbs Superman is not a corrupted Superman. It is okay, a. Okay, but if he gets Superman's powers, but he doesn't have Superman's powers. He's flying. How, okay. <laughs> how many? How many? No. How many times have you seen parasite fly? Okay, okay. When he absorbs right. stuff? two oh. two things. One, different Earth parasite, different rules. Two, oh, he says geez. he's absorbed multiple super people. Maybe he's that charged up, he can fly now. Also, We've never also, seen him that charged up right. before. Even, mm. even if the parasite from this Earth, right, can absorb the powers literally and then have the powers. Right? Let's say that's happening, it's not just that he can fly himself. Even if that's happening, you wouldn't call Amazo a corrupted Superman because he happens to be able to mimic the powers. No, he's Amazo and he has, there's a complete distinction there. This is Parasite, there's a complete distinction there. <laughs> the whole point of Amazo is he's an evil Justice League in one body. Yeah, but he's not, you wouldn't call him a corrupted Justice League, he's a, he's a being with all the powers. That's the whole point of why Ivo created him. It was to fight the Justice League. <laughs> 
you know what? I hope Connor's dead at this point. I hope he's dead. <laughs> just at the end of this argument. And I hope that's where it comes out too next week. So I can watch you freak out. <laughs> is, is this going to be a case of where, you know how like, I wasn't super hot on that first issue of Three Jokers? Yeah. Uh, am I going to have backup on the next one, potentially? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Great. Now, now I'm worried about Three Jokers next week because I was, I was hoping to enjoy it because I enjoyed the first issue. Yeah, you know what? And I was hoping that Connor Kent could live and the fact that you're able to... <laughs> I am glad that you're going to worry about Three Jokers. Why is me so petty? Because <laughs> Connor is maybe dead. <laughs> I don't know bounds. I'm not talking with me through through the internet. He knows my petty knows no bounds. It, it's true. He, he will oh, get Oh my god. Carlos is as dead as the Golden Knight season. All right. Uh, the... <laughs> you know, but that's even worse, though, because the Golden Knights could be worse off for it. This is, you know, I'm used to know Connor for 10 years. It's fine. Whatever. I don't like it. But the Golden Knights are making some moves that might not be good for the future. Give it you, Petrangelo. Oh. Okay. I guess we should rate. rate yeah, we should rate this issue of uh, Action Comics. Uh, Matt, what are you, you giving it? Uh, I'm giving this a five. Mostly for super. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm going with. I actually really like the story in this issue. Uh, it feels like a step up from the last one for sure. Uh, they are still terrible. I, I feel like you, you've said that on at least like eight issues of the past year in Action Comics. With yeah, I quite like the story. Oh sure, but... yeah. Well, I think the last one though was uh, one where. I feel like I the last one, the one before, there was one where I wasn't asking the story either. Like it was kind of like a both, like a two, two fronter kind of thing. Uh, whereas I actually really like the reveal of who Leon is here. It opens us intrigued to her and why she maybe, like, you know, it also explains why she has that nineteen thirty eight car. You know, the the action car. comics issue one car. You know, maybe that came from her Earth, or maybe when she was multiverse hopping, she got that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But that said, the art is still absolute garbage. Uh. But I do really enjoy this rendition uh, of a parasite. <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. And the possibility of uh, some some dude with an S in his chest uh, being dead is also kind of intriguing. What year is it? <laughs> and, uh, so I, I may actually also agree with the five. The idea being for me that the arch tanks it. <laughs> um, so five out of ten for me. That was a much more eventful discussion than I was expecting mm-hmm. to be. Aquaman 63, Jordan Clark writing with Marco Santucci on the art. This should be a quick conversation. I don't think I have a lot to say on this. It's, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It exists. <laughs> yeah. Matt, do you have anything mm-hmm. to, to add to that? No. Okay. Wait, what book is this? Aquaman 63. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Sure, we were talking about Shazam, what, which I didn't read. What, what, right. so. what, what other book could have gotten that reaction from all of us? Just a, it's fine. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's the, it just... it's the end of the two-part fill-in because uh, obviously we, we do have Kelly Sue coming back to finish her run, which is like maybe two issues after this. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is just a two-parter, which you know, because I remember last month I was like, I, I went to read this all excited for the next issue of Kelly Sue's Aquaman, and was like, oh yeah, it's a fill-in, and then this issue. I'd kind of forgotten again <laughs> until I started it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's this weird Jackson two-par that they're doing. Fill in by the numbers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very by the numbers, and I, I appreciate what it does for Jackson and his relationship with Manta and, and his grandpa. I do, um, I do like the idea that his AI grandpa is going to be on his side now, and yeah, you know, that's something he'll have now I, going I, forward. I think that he was a bit overwritten the the AI Manta. Sure. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of bubbles where up till now I, I feel like he's not been speaking in paragraphs like he was here. Mm-hmm. It was like you know a sentier. It, it, it was a while he was a, a replication of the personality. He he felt a little bit robotic in the sense of maybe you know that was you know, just how he spoke. But it <laughs> this felt, felt like you know, this felt like it was his actual grandpa. Did you talking do, to? Do you know what this felt like? It felt like Jorel talking in the fortress. Yeah, but he's gonna. I know my son. He does. He, yeah. You know, it it really felt like that at times. Mm. Yeah. It's not a bad comparison. Maybe it's interesting this is a, a version of, like, you know, a Jor-El character who's not actually that noble or good, but he's kind of maybe, you know, in this issue at least, coming around and redeeming a little bit. And he's, he's certainly been better than Black Manta is, uh, oh, if nothing yeah, else. Oh, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically just them fighting the trench and Zebel and Jackson using his powers and getting a motivational speech here or there and kissing the guy before he leaves and... And it also seems like Zebel stole something from the trench. Yeah, because the trench wants something back. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I, I did like. I like that they were, they weren't just mindlessly attacking. That um, felt like it's like, you know, working from Taylor Sue's notes and setting mm, up yeah. stuff for the last few issues. Because I think that's presumably what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the trench in Atlantis. Yeah. Because there's because there's one page at the start where Akaman and so and so are fighting like the horde. And they're like, where's Jackson? Oh, I better be having a good excuse. And that's all we get of like the main stuff. It's just like a little reminder that this is going on yeah. uh, in the background. Um, I'll have to admit, I, I kind of forgot what Black Manta was trying to make Jackson do. Because there's a whole thing at the end where he comes back and says, I'm not doing it. You know, suck it, basically. Um, you, you don't threaten my mother again. Kind of sticks up, you know, st- stands up for himself. And, uh, and you know, it's a good moment for that. But I actually couldn't remember for the life of me what Black Manta was trying to make him do last issue. So, did, did I miss that Zebel is now not, like, an alternate dimension? It's just a different kingdom? It's like, been that way for a while. while. At least, yeah. I, I have been it? that way since, like, the start of the New 52. Yeah. Okay. I, I still have thought that it was, like, still, like... It was Bermuda Triangle. Like, they had to go through that, that like, uh... Like, is it in an offset pocket reality kind of deal? I think, I think, I think in the New 52, they played it as it was hidden. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. like, hidden, like, in the sea, and, you know, the, the Atlanteans gotcha. didn't necessarily know okay. where it was. I mean, it, but... if that's still the if it's still the case, then all the writers in the last 10 years have basically just not addressed the fact that they have to, like, find it <laughs> whenever yeah, they go so there. It was just it, always it, in the back of my mind. That's how it was. This was pretty consistent with how it's been yeah. for a while. That, that's okay. definitely not I mean, something it wasn't a problem outside of you would think Manta would know yeah. where all these different kingdoms are, you I know, can, like, yeah, I, I did kind of like Jackson going to his mom and saying, Hey, look, I was in Zebel and she's not been there in years, obviously. And it's kind of yeah. an emotional moment for them. Uh, I, I enjoyed that moment. Well, enough. for the most part though, this was kind of just like, it, it has that kind of filler. Like it's a bit of a chore to get through Cause it's not really what you're enjoying mm-hmm. about the run. So you're just kind of getting through it. Cause Oh yeah. Oh, I may as well read and, it. <laughs> and I like that her, her dad, was was like the poet laureate of Zebel, and there's mm. a statue to him. So I did, I did like that he got to see that, and it's it's Jackson being able to explore both sides of his heritage, which that was that was really cool. And with a trench attack in there, you know, him him be trying to 
be a hero. So I, I do like Jackson a lot as a character. I'm glad we're getting some stuff with him. Yeah, it's but a... yeah, it is kind of just ultimately just like a just a side quest, you know. And you're just like, oh, okay. It's one of those characters where I don't feel like we've seen his full potential yet because we've not had a writer mm-hmm. been given like a run or at least a mini to really explore and sort of dive like a in. Mini yeah, is really I, what he needs. Yeah. Yeah, I also like the idea that him being aquakinetic is like it's a gift, almost like he's a mutant for for X Men. That yeah. it's not like all Zebel because you know I had made the assumption like him and Mara both have Zebel heritage, so that's part of their thing. But no, they're both just like special. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like get the impression maybe it's like Zebel it. nobility, maybe like yeah. the other classes. And he also he also yeah. has uh, electrokinesis, which um, yeah. you know I'd forgotten about, but it's actually kind of a handy thing to mix with water because you can. Mm-hmm. You oh can, shit! Yeah, it travels. You, you can electrocute people with it. This is actually really. I mean, obviously that's obvious with electrokinesis, but I mean, he can literally electrify watery swords and shit like that. <laughs> like it's, yeah. you know. it's 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 a very conductive cool. medium. Yes. Yeah, which they always point out that uh, you know, Magneto as being the master of magnetism, mm. because of what magnetism sets up with electricity, he should also be able to, to to do electrical things. Um, so I just I kind of like that idea that they go one with the other. Same would go with Electro, that if he's the master of electricity, he should be able to do magnetic stuff. So, but no, this fits in well. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. What are you giving it, Matt? Yeah. Um, I'll give it a 6.5. Connor? Uh, even 6 from me. Yeah, I'll give it a 6 as well. That's fine. It's, it's, yeah, that's what it might is. be one of the quickest discussions we've ever had. On yeah, movie. honestly, yeah, as I was reading them, I'm going to... Drive on action. Well, well, I mean, because honestly, most of the issue is just them running from the trench and that's it, yeah, and fighting the trench. Yeah, does a fine job. Yeah, yeah they are all right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing special, but it's solid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Justice League Dark, issue 26, round V writing with uh, a man Kenny Hulpin on the art. Uh, oh, I got to rest my voice for a little bit. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, this this yeah. is definitely like the, the final arc of, this story, and by that I mean the story from you know the the start of the run. It, it seems like he's getting to wrap up Tynan's upside down man stuff, but in his way. Like yeah. I feel like maybe Tynan gave Ram the cliff notes. Like, yeah, like here's kind of what he represented and what I was meaning to do, and then I got Batman, and Ram's like, okay, I can work this in, um, and it's really good because it really shows the culmination of what we've had with the other kind and uh, Hecate and Swamp Thing and the Injustice, you know, just, wait, what do we call them? The Injustice League Dark, you know, yeah. and, and what they had done with Swamp Thing and, and him. And then when Ram V came in and did the, the Pillars of Life stuff, everything yeah. seems to be it's... coming here that what magic is. It's all tied uh, up really not neatly in that, oh, it has a nice mm-hmm. clean ending, but more neat in the sense it references all the various facets of this book mm-hmm. over the past two years and kind yep. of weaves them in oh, to a down, larger point. Down to the Lords of Chaos and Order with, with um, what's his name? Khalid. Yeah. With Khalid finally assuming fate, you know, the, the, the title, which is real cool uh, because uh, Bobo needs someone to kind of help them out here and he comes looking for kent but kent's long gone and he's like i need you to do this for me you know so it, it kind of so go ahead 
Uh, yeah, and and this is where it starts tying into the the idea of the issue, which is also mm-hmm. the name of the story of this issue is is belief, yeah. and the idea yeah. that you know he needs Kelly to believe that he's good enough to be fate. You know, there's no point right. in him just putting the helmet on and go and winging it. He's got to commit right. to it, and and that's kind of what this decision is here. Yeah, and I also like that he makes so. The one thing I always loved about Zatanna and Zatara to a lesser extent is that she is a stage magician. She doesn't necessarily use her magic for that. It's still stage magic, right? Yeah. And here, I like that Ramvi takes the moment to show what the difference is of magic versus stage magic and how stage magic is a suspension of belief. You know that they're pulling a trick on you. But when it's really successful, you don't care. And that's always something that I loved about like Penn and Teller is they would show you how they do the trick, right? And then they take it one step closer to make you question what they just showed you. Mm. And that's ultimately what Ram V is doing here with the comparison of, yeah, but ultimately it is magic, right? Because magic's all about belief. And if you b- believe what you're seeing, what does it matter if they're doing a trick to you? Yeah, that, and... that comes up near the start because uh, Constantine and Bobo go and visit Xanadu. Mm-hmm. And, and the and whole she, idea of tarot. Yeah, you know? and she kind of kind of pulls this up of, you know, it, it's it's about you know illusion uh, and, and intuition and it's like yeah, tricks are illusions ultimately, mm-hmm. and so is a lot of actual magic in the way that it works mm-hmm. in the DC universe, but it's the belief in it that gives it form and reality. Power, right? Yeah. And that's, oh, she, so then who ties it to Hecate that way, and that the Upside Down Man was all this negativity that she felt, you know, magic being misused, right? They created this dark other of her, and now it's kind of, because of that belief that it was so bad, it's given it form to the other kind, right? Did I read that wrong? No, no, that, that's... that's and, and I feel like that summation was better than what Tynan did. No shots to Tynan, exactly. But that whole idea of the Dark Other being created through Hecate, I think that Ram V distilled it really well. I think it's, this is not, it doesn't undermine anything that Tynan does. It doesn't, no. it doesn't take back anything Tynan did. It adds another layer to it. It adds some mm-hmm. more depth that makes it and, ultimately more interesting. Whereas I feel like Tynan was really leaning into the horror aspect of Dark, I do feel like Ram V is, is way more interested in the actual magic side. It reminds me a lot more of like uh, Lemire's Just Sleep yeah. Dark stuff, where it was a bit more kind of pulpy, magic y fun. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, it's not like this hopelessness, almost Lovecraftian version of the other kind. It's like, oh no, this is just a creature. He's just a creature, and we can. And someone else is here. Um, the, another creature that they can deal with and could be back, but it's not like the. Oh man, if he breaks through, we're in trouble. That I was getting from Tynan. So, yeah, like so, they're they're there in the other world, and they've got you know a, a shield up, and they're they're doing what they can. They you know they're not even like you're know, fighting uh, the upside down man. They're they're kind of debating him with this this mm-hmm. ideological debate as as to function about you know the the belief of magic, and that's how they'll win ultimately. Right. And this is where the other maybe death that is probably not a death comes in. Right. Um, the upside down man, you know, he he spites Constantine because Constantine's, you know, basically like, you, know, you believe that magic is absolute, but you know, the fact is, we all believe that magic has a cost, and our belief of that will spread even in this realm, and that will limit you, and there will be a cost for you as well, even mm-hmm. if you don't believe it, because enough of us do, you will. 
Right. And the upside down man's like, nah, enough of this shit. And blasts him with like a like a laser beam thing out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And he goes straight through his chest, like right through yeah. seemingly his heart. And that that's the the, the final page is Satana oh. cradling you know, Constantine's potentially smirking, dead body. Yeah, a smirking dead Constantine. Yes. Um, uh, which, which I don't think he is dead. There's there's a trick no. here. Because again, yeah. going back to Xanadu. Um right. you know, the, there's the final tarot card. You have to draw three, and he's like, ah, you know, there's no point. It's always the fool with me, and you know, it always right. is. And she draws, it and it's death. Yeah. But, right. But as not that I'm an expert on tarot, but I listen to enough paranormal sure. podcast stuff where they touch on tarot. Death isn't usually a death card. It's a finality card, right? Yeah. And if this was the ultimate play for Constantine to help, you know, um, wall off the other kind. Then of course the death card's gonna come into play. It is, and I think it's really notable that they, that the start of this issue spends three or four pages there, mm-hmm. and we are talking about stage magic and trickery mm-hmm. as opposed to right. physical magic uh, right. in, which, in the same way. And that's very which, Constantine, right? You know, just you know, yeah. scumbaggery, trickery, just you know, not li- well, literally magic himself out of situations. It's the bluffing that, that is, right. is his superpower, if you will. That's, you know, I'm not a big Constantine fan, but that is the thing that I do like about him is like, yeah, sure. He does all these underhanded magical, but that's not what endears him to people. It's the fact that he is this pickpocket almost that he'll it's steal the, your wallet. It's the the roguish aspect of it. It's it's yeah. yes he has he he does quantifiably have the magical ability to back up some but most never, of his claims. Yeah, but it's, but that's never it's, his go to. No, it's, he wants to get out. It's get out the easiest way. Like I say, he knows there's a cost. Right. There's always a cost. So the less he does, the less he has to pay, ultimately. Right. Uh, exactly. So why would he resort to that if he doesn't have to? Right. So, uh, that's, so that's definitely all what it feels like here. here, right? Right. And so, again, with the smirk, and this is different, I'll bring this differently from the Action Comics debate, whereas here I feel like there's the narrative that let's say this is it for Constantine, right? And that's his ultimate smirk, right? He paid the cost, finally. He's gotten out of it. It plays in context that in order to seal the other kind there, he had to sacrifice himself. You know? Um, Would be an interesting It's narratively it fits. Yeah. Right. Or it is a trick, and it doesn't feel cheap. You know, it's not just a death for the death's sake. So, um, but again, with the smirk there, there's that's Ramby playing with, and Hoven at the same time, which was a really good Constantine. You know? Like, he is scruffy enough, and and you that you do believe that this guy is capable of anything. So, um, but yeah, really good issue. Like no, it is. Um, I think we've got. It feels like maybe one more before the end of this mm-hmm. this era of Justice League Dark, and then I know yeah. we've got the the break. Uh, right, and he said, "Don't don't you now. worry, don't you worry about Justice League Dark. It's going to be reworked." In, yeah, he's the, he's this. very clear. At, this is not the end of his his run. While it is the end of this story, he will be doing right. more stuff after Endless Winter on the title for sure. And I'm and really I, excited to see what he comes up with from scratch, yeah. as opposed to just you know finishing off Titan's Threads, which I think he's done a yeah. wonderful job of. Um, yeah. But new stuff. Did I'm you intrigued. did you read Demon Knights? Of course I did. The Cornell. Yeah. I feel like Graham V's idea of Justice League Dark is more in line with that. Demon yeah, Knights. it's it's Demon five. Knights meets Lemire's JLD yeah. as opposed to Tynan's right, co- you know, cosmic horror almost. 
Right. Right, right, right. And and both are equally valid, but I am I am way more dialed in, I think. As much as I love Tynan's run, I think Ram V is more my speed of what I like to read. I, so. I think I like, you know, this, you know, this style of, you know, JLD, you know, the the, the Demon Knights in DC mm -hmm. comics. I prefer mm -hmm. that. Whereas the cosmic horror, I feel like I almost just want it to be separate. Maybe as a black label yeah. version yeah. or just a you know, a create our own thing entirely. Uh, I mm -hmm. think that might, you know, I'd probably enjoy it more there uh, with a, mm -hmm. a little bit more freedom. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of a body horror idea of, of Bobo the chimp, right? Mm. Like, here's this, there's this ape that knows, that, that, that knows about life and the, you know, impermanence. Whereas we think of most animals just kind of going out about, like, there's a horror aspect to that character, but I much prefer the pulpy, hey, this chimp's a detective. With, he's a detective with a badass sword. Yeah. Like yeah, he yeah, literally yeah. wears a Sherlock Holmes deer stalker. Right. Like the, 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 it's great. The, the inspirations there are, are clear and they're, they're not trying mm -hmm. to hide it. And I like when they just right. lean into that and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, what'd you rate in this uh, Justice League Dark? Uh, it's an 8.5 from me. Re really enjoyed Gosh. it. I'm going to give it a nine. I think, I think also I just have a real honeymoon period with Ram V right now since he took over solely. So yeah, I'm um, gonna enjoy as much as I can. Between this and that issue of Catwoman, um, I know he has a an OGN coming from Image in the next yep. month or so. Has it uh, blue and the green? It is, and uh, your mic's gone, by the way. Um, uh, but I, I, I love the previews. It looks good. I'm pretty tempted. Um, yeah. Batman Superman issue twelve. Joshua Elmson and Max Rayner on the art. Uh, Joshua Elmson is the third book he's written this mm -hmm. week, so uh, he's a uh, busy man. Put in the work. Put in the work. So, Batman Superman 12 uh, is the start of a new arc. Uh, which, in fact, the first thing I'd probably say about this one is that it, it actually follows on mainly from the Kandor story with Zod, uh, which was the sort of the first proper arc of this book after the, the first one, which was mostly just a tie-in thing. Um, but there was a concern early on, because it started like having a lot of editors notes, like talking about other things in continuity. Oh my god, this book has so many editors notes. Uh, right? Where Too I, many. Where I was like... Honestly, by the time I got to the end, I was like, you know what? That's This is actually just a, a story that's to do with this book. And the only thing it really ties into is this book's own previous arc. There's actually nothing wrong with it. But they, they fit in so many editor's notes, you would be forgiven for thinking that it's like some weird sort of tie-in book where you have to know all this other stuff going on. You, you don't. Most of it you could no, just ignore. Just, just scrolling through what they have. So the first one is Batman Superman Volume 1 of this, the, the Secret Six stuff. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Metal Men. Uh, then you've got Event Leviathan. In the same uh, editor's note, I might add, that they, they just kind of shove those ones in together. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's more. Okay, then we've got, on the same page, we have three more. Uh, the Justice League Doom War, uh, Supergirl, then Batman Superman issue eight. And I'm sure there's still like another uh -huh. one or two after that. Somewhere. Uh, that's no, but that's like six editor's notes over this. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, the story of this, though, is that Batwoman and Steel, which we're getting a bit of a team up with them here in this book, where they've shown up to the Batcave and there's a lot of destruction, something's wrecked the cave, and they're not really sure what. Uh, the stress speaking essentially went out mm -hmm. on the uh, Justice League communication devices, and they find a, a video from Batman on the on the, the computer, uh, which is something Batman sent, uh, basically explaining what's happened, where essentially a, a new version of chemo, like it's like a chemo like digital virus, 
because uh, you see like this great two page spread of like a volcanic version of chemo <laughs> attacking Batman yeah, so and Superman. No, what it was, it's just there's this hacker group that stole the response response meter that created chemo and they threw it into a volcano. Yeah, but there's another one that gets made later uh, in the Bat Cave because. Uh, the, right. apparently this comes from kryptonian tech it was something that came from kandor when it was released back in that arc because uh, there's there's the purple version or the pink version of chemo we get in the back yeah cave. but so what, what led them is that bruce kind of has this algorithm that keeps track of different threats mm-hmm. and then that's what ends up getting weaponized via the the this i would say kryptonian virus uh from kandor the, the techno babble nonsense yeah yeah yeah, so it takes the the response meter, turns them into this 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 new version of chemo, um, and that wrecks the cave. And what turns out happens is the Batman and Superman are actually on the dark side of the moon in like a, what what the 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 story's called here is a what planet Brainiac, which is essentially bubbled cities on the moon. The uh, the visual of it, I'm calling it Brainiac's triangle. Sure, yeah, you <laughs> call it that if you want. Uh. And it's Batwoman and still like, okay, we have to go deal with this. But the message was corrupted and they didn't get all of it. So we find out at the end that Batman actually said, under no circumstance, follow us to the moon. Meanwhile, Batwoman and Steel are trying to get a ship that Natasha's built for the Titans so they can take a trip to the moon. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Um, do you know what I, uh, I do really like about this issue? Yes. I don't think I have ever read a Batwoman and Steel team up. No, no, yeah, I like that. I like that it's focused on two characters that don't really have a book or any place to have yeah. a, a story and right now. I feel they like both kind of fill the same void for their respective character. Yeah, they're you know, part of the family, but not really. They're kind of disconnected. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they're, they, you can always count on them if you need them for, you know, still show up for whatever Superman you sell with and same with, with Batwoman. So, but no, I, I like that a lot. Um, I'm missing still. They play off each other pretty well. Obviously, we haven't yeah. got enough of them yet. I'm sure we'll get probably a couple more issues of this. This this book has tended to have like two to three issue arcs for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, after that first one, which I actually like. Uh, I like it not just being six issues every time. I feel like right. we're getting a really rapid pace of just nice, brisk little side stories here. Yeah, and that's one. You know, like I say, it's great to focus on these two characters that don't really have a home right now. Uh, obviously, one bad character, one super character. Um, and then you have Batman and Superman who are being tested on Brainiac World, where uh, they've got like special Kryptonian shackles for Clark that they're taking off occasionally for them to like, because they're testing them individually, then they're testing them together, uh, almost like Brainiac's trying to build a a system that'll, you know, be impervious to Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final page is essentially robotic versions of Bane, Killer Croc. Uh, who's that in the back actually? I don't know with the ants. Yeah, the axe. Is that maybe Rogel Czar? Is that is that robotic Rogel Czar? Maybe. <laughs> That's pretty. Funny. And is the lady supposed to be uh, Banshee? I think it looks like it's over Banshee to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, oh no, no, also... that's the oh, no, sorry. That's not Cross Doomsday. Not Croc. That's Doomsday. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks. Yeah. Like, but I can see how you think it's Croc. Yeah, it's, 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 it looks like Croc from the video game, like from Arkham, the Arkham yeah. games. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's got that I stature, wouldn't... but it's actually Doomsday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't know who the big guy with the axe hand outside of Rogel's are, but if it's Rogel's are, I mean, weird flex. Yeah, and it seems weird then that we'd only have one bat villain, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. It has to be a super. Also, bat. It has to be a bat villain. You're right. 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, unless that's between... not Silver Banshee. Right. Well, who is it then? No, I don't know. That's what I mean. Yeah. That, that's the only other option. So, unless you want to tell me that's like Magpie or something. Right. I don't know. Um, I was going to say, between the Harley Quinn TV show and some of the stupid stuff WWE's doing with Retribution, I can't look at Bane seriously anymore. I just can't. He just wants his chair, Matt. He just, he just wants, wants his, his chair. chair. I, which I'll tell you that that's become a joke in my house. Where <laughs> you know I'm not going to do a bad Bane impression here, but I, he just wants his chair. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's nothing wrong with a Bane impression, Matt. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's. Tell you, you would love him on, on Harley Quinn because they go all in on that version. <laughs> they go all in voice. on that voice just to make it funnier. Yeah. And it does. It works. Uh-huh. It's, you know, they say, oh, you know, just doing a silly voice shouldn't and, make it funnier, well, but it does. No, and the fact, too, that he's really not a villain because he really does believe in rehabilitation. He does, yeah. So, you know, he's just his methods <clears throat> might be wrong. But yeah, so I can't look at And then this Bane, I'm just like, oh, man. I'm imagining him with that voice. I like how he still has the, the venom, which is Presumably yeah. kryptonite that they're pumping yeah. in through him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would make sense in the context of him being a robot being designed to fight Superman. Yeah, actually, I, I also I really like the the art in this. I think it's there's a lot of really nice pages, um, really nice flow to it. Like that that first like page in particular, where it, there's like basically no text. It's just the ruined Batcave, you know, in these panels. I think it looks really really good. That's what, it's not my favorite the books had in terms of art. Um, the no, color, mine either. The coloring is a little bit more kind of muted, I'd say, in this this, this yeah, story. Yeah, there's there's a lot more shading from the pencil as well, rather yeah. than just the ink. That um, it gives it some. It it definitely sets it apart from some previous art uh, in this book. Um, because I think each arc has had a different artist, right? Yeah, yeah, they've been. Rot- I mean, it which makes sense because like they're, they're all individual arcs, so it's it feels neat enough the way they're rotating through them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, ah, that was a solid issue. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes, and I'm excited to see more of the actual Batwoman Steel team up uh, next time. Yeah, so that should be yeah, good. me too. Um, this has been a a fun book with fun, you know, definitely B level stories, and this seemingly is going to continue that trend. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. All right, Carl. Yeah, seven point five from me. And if there had been a robotic Superman here, I might have agreed that's a corrupt Superman. Maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a 7.5 myself. Uh, so. <laughs> Shazam, issue 15. Jeff Loveness writing with Brandon Pearson on the art, which Matt did reveal earlier that he has not read. Yep, um, yeah, I read this one. Which is a shame, because it's actually quite a good issue. Uh, Jeff Loveness has continued to impress me with all these villains. Uh, and I'd be delighted for him to either get a Shazam ongoing or a uh, Justice League ongoing mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. What's, what are we seeing him on next? I know he's filling in somewhere else. He's doing something soon. Uh, yeah. But he, he did the two-part story about Black Mercy and Justice League just there. He did a previous fill-in to Shazam and then this one. Uh, the story of this one, which is very standalone, you know, it doesn't feel like it's meant to be a climax to anything. It's just, just a nice little story on its own. With uh, Billy gets a new substitute teacher. Their teacher kind of, uh, there's not really much of an explanation, I don't think, just doesn't show up. Um, and it's this story of how he doesn't, he hates this teacher. This teacher tries to explain to him that learning history is important and just being obsessed with superheroes and robot punching. 
and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, like you don't understand the context. You have to understand these things. And Billy's annoyed. He skips the rest of class, goes to be Shazam and save people and doing all these other things. And he starts to question, you know, you see, I'm helping. I'm doing things. This is all you need to do. You don't have to necessarily think about it too much. But then he comes across a burning building and it turns out his substitute teacher is in that burning building. So he, you know, he goes to save her. He's like, oh, this is a coincidence. And he's kind of awkward around her. He almost uses her name and he has to kind of disguise the fact that he's, you know, obviously not someone that knows her. Um, but she doesn't want to leave immediately. She's like, no, there's other people in here. We have to help them first. And so they end up kind of working together to help everyone in the building. And Shazam kind of just awkwardly tries to leave, but sees her crying on his way, you know, away from her and sort of comes back and says hey are you okay and it, you know, she hugs him and it becomes this kind of thing where he's learning that he has to like it's, it's more than just you know saving people from burning things or catching cars and stuff like that um and they kind of come you know he kind of starts to respect her more more as a person and there's also kind of a thing where he might have a crush on her as well <laughs> um, as teenagers do yeah uh as you would expect so it's kind of a, an interesting little story. It's a, it's a very Shazam unique kind of perspective because you have the kid who's really in the, you know, in the body. Um, and just this little, little moments of him being a bit more of a human and kind of grown up a little bit and learned some valuable lessons. Um, to the point where at the end of the issue, he comes in as Billy at school and apologizes for being a dick basically. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where she's so untrustworthy of him saying, wait, is this, a, is this a trick? Is this for TikTok or YouTube? Although it wasn't. It was, was it YouTube and talk tech. Really, talk tech? That's the best you could come up with with the fake for the fake TikTok? Uh, but <laughs> uh, he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm being genuine. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be nice. So he, he tries to like, because one of the things she brings up when he's talking to her is that she's, she's like, oh, I'm trying to get through to these kids and they never listen. Uh, I just, you know, got out of a relationship, I had to move city, you know, my life's terrible. So he's trying to give her a break on both fronts. Uh, so it's kind of a sweet story. I will mention, in the opening, because the reason why I mentioned uh, fighting robots is because the opening before he has his, you know, his day in class where he meets her, there's a scene where he's in uh, Japan fighting a giant robot, and he's questioning, hey, is this a good robot or a bad robot? Also, when someone says bad robot, I can't help but go, bad robot, in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. But... And he says, because I just watched the Iron Giant last night and I don't want to hurt anyone's best friend. And then he gets punched and he punches back. And as he's punching, he goes, Superman. And then he questions in his narration, does he like that movie? Or does it make him, you know, does it bum him out? And I thought, wait a minute, in that movie, like, Superman's a comic book character. This is breaking all sorts of weird meta laws here. I, I guess I have to accept that in the DC universe, the movie's slightly different and doesn't have the comic book element. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, you could kind of say that any time they reference, like, any movie, because it goes through a couple of degrees and you're like, well, now this is meta. Sure, but you have to work a little bit, but this is, this just directly has Action Comics issue one, like, in the in the movie, you it, know? It's, it's a very slightly edited version, where yeah. it has... Not action comics, but some other comic issue one that because there's still comics in the DC universe, we know that. Yeah, yeah, and they base them on the real heroes. So yeah, it would just be here's some news footage of Superman, and that would yeah. be what inspires Iron Giant instead of the comic books. But you wouldn't have to change that much. Yeah, but it was a sweet story of Billy once again learning to be a little bit less of a dick and actually growing up a touch. Uh, How many times do we have to have those stories till he's not a dick? Um. 
I mean, this, this is the thing, though. He's not a complete dick in this issue to begin with. He's just a regular teenager. You know, because at the start of New 52, Shazam, that John was writing, he was a complete little shithead. Mm-hmm. He, here, yeah. he's not a shithead. He's just, you know, he's like a lot of teenager. kids at 14 or whatever. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. It's just, I was just, uh, I guess, taking umbrage at your description then, really. Um, coming of age might be a better. Uh, he just he learns a little lesson because because ultimately what he's complaining about is having to do schoolwork and learn about the past. That, that, I mean, it's not like yeah, he's... it does sound pretty shit. <laughs> so, uh, that, that was the, it's a weird final issue. It's weird that this came after the other one, but it, it it does feel very in the status quo of where it is right now. It's just kind of a shame there's no more Shazam to come soon. Maybe maybe they'll do some sort of relaunch uh, once things have calmed down with metal and whatever they're doing afterwards, so... Uh, not that I'm expecting it uh, in any great way, but... Yeah. Uh, if, I'm, yeah, if I'm rating this, a solid 7.5, I think. Uh, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, the art is generally pretty nice, especially early on when all the fire stuff is happening. Uh, like, there's a lot of nice, uh, bright, bold, vivid colours. A lot of particles, if that makes sense. I know it's weird to talk about particle effects in a comic book, but it felt like there was a lot of little bits to it. It felt really busy in a good way. Uh, very sparkly. Uh, again, weird word to use to describe it, but it, it had an energy to it. Um, but yeah. yeah. So there you go, Shazam. Uh, issue 15. Uh, which takes me on to a Patreon book. So yeah, every month, patreon.com slash TV. Some of our patrons at the higher tiers can make myself or Connor read a book. And in this case, I am reading American Vampire issue 10. Uh, and every time I go to do one of these, I have to check what uh, issue I'm on, because I always forget. Because <laughs> it's not in the list of, uh, you know, this week's books. So, you know. Anyway, so we finished the second arc with the last issue, and this takes us on to a two-parter, which ends the second trade. So this is issue 10, first half of this, uh, which is set in 1936, and is the story of Hattie, who has been held captive by an old-school vampire in a basement, Purely so that every month when the moon's completely gone, which as we've previously established is when the American vampires, the new type of vampires, when they're at their weakest, he'll come in and basically just test different substances, different chemicals, different, you know, different formulas to see if they can find what the weakness of the American vampires are. So she's just chained up, given stuff to eat, you know, when I say stuff, I mean like animals to like, you know, drain the blood mm-hmm. off and stuff. Um, and comes in once a month. And all while she's obsessed with the idea of getting to Pearl, because Pearl, you know, left her for dead. But then obviously do the job properly by uh, destroying the, the heart or the head. Uh, so we have this, this you know, scientist vampire who comes in every month and uh, just basically gives her a variety of chemicals. Uh, so it's a super dark story, but meanwhile we do catch up with Pearl and Henry and their happy life together. And their stuff is basically just, you know, he's grown a little bit older. It's been 10 years now they've been together. And he's a little concerned that he's, you know, he's, he's going to be getting old and dying and she's still the same age. And they both have this running fear or thought in their head of like, why doesn't she turn him into a vampire? Why can't they both be like this? Um, and why, and it's like, they, all, they almost always think about it, but then they always go back to being sort of normal couple again, you know, every time they come to that point. And it's like, and I, you know, I'm, I'm reading this thinking, you know, if you're going to do it, you may as well do it before he gets, you know, past a certain age. Like, you know, surely mid-30s is a better time to turn yourself into the, the this is what you're going to be like for immortality before you know, rather than 55 <laughs> when you're a little bit you know long in the tooth um i mean don't get me wrong immortality at 55 still doesn't sound that bad uh 
immortality at 75 sounds a little bit miserable. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe if you have a bit of warning, because like you know, maybe, maybe you're in your mid thirties, you kind of you, you've not really given too much of a shit. You kind of let yourself go a bit. You're like, hey, twenty years, turn you into a vampire, get yourself in shape. <laughs> I mean, I suppose yeah, you could uh, prep for it a little bit. Um, I mean, especially since becoming a vampire may actually cure some things that may have been wrong. Like, let's say you've got a bad leg or something like that. When you become a vampire, that probably gets fixed. I really hope so. Otherwise. I mean, shit. it doesn't have mythologies. Like for, for decades. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it depends on the type of vampire, right? Because I think if, like, in, in American Vampire, it's a whole, like, biology-based thing. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. think in other mythologies, you know, if you go to something else, let's say the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. there's a, a, a supernatural element to it, so it does kind right. of cure everything. Whereas here, right, maybe right, it doesn't, right. because it's more it's, it's more of well, a virus thing that's spreading. Yeah, if it's a virus, though, but if a virus goes through and it, it amps up your system to allow it to heal quicker, you know, that, that would that would check out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, she but, tries to convince Henry to... You know, go and perform because you know he was a guitarist. That's how she met him. He was a bit of a busker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, you still got it, and you can still perform. Yeah, you know, I'd love to see you play some music." So, it's their stuff is basically you know, this constant feels. There's kind of like a very vivid sex scene, which is actually a nightmare sequence where she eventually baits him. And so it's this this idea that he's living with both the the, the temptation and the fear of this happening someday, uh, and the the ticking time clock. But we keep cutting back to to High, who it manages to break out. And basically is able to do so because every new year uh, this vampire gets drunk. And the only way they can get drunk in this universe is by drinking the blood of someone who's already drunk. <laughs> so It should be pretty easy to find someone like that on New Year's. Yeah, so he comes back drunk. But he leaves the cork of a bottle because he tries to drink more booze, but he doesn't like it because he's a vampire. You know, he, he spits it out in disgust. And she uses the cork, which is wood, on a, on a bone that she has down there from a previous animal she's eaten to kill this vampire and break free. Um, so we have the the happiness of, you know, Pearl and Henry, although they do have like a little encounter at the end when the, the old guy he knows that got him this gig uh, turns out to be a group of vampires and it, we, we see Pearl go into vamp mode to like, take them on. But the thing that's really important is that Hattie is free and we have like literally the shot of her walking from the, the building on fire because uh, it turns out she was underneath a gas station for some reason. That's just what this guy was. Uh, but she sets the whole thing on fire and walks away, basically with like, "I'm coming to to like ruin Pearl's life," which makes me think. So I don't remember where this goes, but even just from this issue, I get the sense of dread of like Henry's really probably going to die here. <laughs> like I'm a little I'm a little worried for him because it feels like that's the way you're, you're going to hurt her uh, as big and after. So, but the actual cliffhanger page is uh, is Pearl vamping out and taking on these uh, these vampires at this this country club or music club or whatever it is, uh, and that's the end of the issue. Uh, they are so interesting because it's not uh, Albuquerque. It's not Albuquerque. Yeah, that's two issue arc, which is probably why it's a two issue arc is to sort of separate yeah. the artists a little bit easier. Essentially, a fill in arc, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also very important to the characters. So it's not a fill in yep. in the sense that you know, because you know, with superheroes. They'll do a little standalone story. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, you could skip yeah, it. It wouldn't this, matter. This isn't like that Aquaman arc. No. No. This is actually still important to the overall mythos of the characters. Uh, it's uh, Matthias uh, Santoloco, who's uh, on the art in this one. And the art's pretty solid. It's definitely not as good as Albuquerque. I find some of the faces to be a little bit more uh, loose, I guess, would be how I'd describe it. But, to, to be fair to him, yeah, few few people are as good as Albuquerque. That's fair. For the most part, though, it is actually still pretty solid, though. 
It does have a sort of dark, inky scratchiness to it, which lends itself to the horror of, of American Vampire. Um, uh, it does tend to fare better in the shadows and stuff like that. Um, I think actually, honestly, the worst part about it is uh, Hattie has this sort of scarring on her face, and for some reason, mm-hmm. that makes her look a bit weird, and not in a way that I think the scarring is supposed to make her look weird. It feels like I don't know, like I, I feel like all the other faces look quite natural and feel like faces, whereas her face feels kind of odd and. It's almost this weird disconnect by putting this extra element on it that's supposed to be an injury. Feels less like an injury and more like it's just dodgier art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it's this weird fine line that's kind of not there. But um, otherwise, though, it's pretty solid. Um, and yeah, it's an exciting issue. You feel the dread of Hattie coming and this being kind of the end of a chapter in Pearl's life. She's had 10 years of happiness and it's probably all about to come crashing down. So... That's issue 10 uh, of American Vampire. Uh, and from mm-hmm. rating this, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. So there you go. Uh, that's issue 10. So that will take us out of the part of the show. We pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite art, uh, favourite, well, what did I skip? Cover, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And uh, top five books of the week. So, Matt, why don't you start us off with favourite panel slash moment? Do you guys want to guess what mine is? It's definitely one of the flash moments. Um, yeah, huh? Yeah. Are you going to steal mine? I don't know. That's the question. I feel like there's a very like there's like a sixty percent chance we all have the same moment here. Very yeah. possible. So, so mine's mine's definitely from from speed metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 it's Wally reciting the equation. Oh no. Okay. Uh, of course. Yep, yep. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll do it next just in case Connor does have mine, which is Wally getting his proper suit back. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already having that. It's fine. We, we don't have to say all this stuff. <laughs> no, nothing else came close. Yeah, that, that was definitely the moment. That was the moment. Although Connor seemingly dying uh, was also pretty good. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, at the hands of a corrupt Superman. He was a corrupt Superman. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> If you if you didn't listen to the action comics discussion and you're just hearing this part at the end because you listened to all the parts of the show, it, it got pretty heated. Yeah, go back and listen to the action comics section because it did not get that heated. We got discussing, but I didn't yell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if heated is the right phrase. I mean, I was in hysterics by the end with Matt he, trying he to did defend it in the these... context of the discussions that usually happen. <laughs> <on action comics. laughs> yes. Uh, so. Anyway, yes, best cover of the week that is up next. And I was looking through some of these uh, as you guys were talking about Just Sleep Dark. Uh, the Flash variant is very pretty, as a lot of them have been recently. Um, uh, that, uh, and Hayek Lee, if I'm saying that right, uh, his covers have been you know, very painted. He's had a series of them up until now. The action variant's very good too. Lee Weeks on Batman Superman variant's very good. I think both Shazam uh, covers are, are really good. Uh, but honestly, I have to give it to the regular Suicide Squad cover. I think the simple red and black, uh, which is largely there because of Harley's color scheme, but then you've just mm-hmm. got the white for the background and her cool. skin tone. Also, but also it fits with the dead shot. Yeah. Because they're the same colors. So. Yeah, so it's just black, white, and red are the only colors on that, that uh, page, and it just it looks really nice. It's really simple and stark. Um, so I love how I said, like, five variants, but then, no, for once, a regular cover's taken it for me. So there you go, Suicide Squad. Uh, Connor, what's your variant or cover of the week, rather? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it might not be a variant. It's usually a variant, but it, it usually is. Um, but honestly, there are three covers that I've narrowed it down to that 
are like the the peak covers for me this week. And it says a lot that neither of them are the Lee, you know, none of them are the Lee Weeks cover or even the Manifold Shazam. They're not they're not in my top three cut here. Um because for me it's down to the Justice League Dark variant, which I, I guess I can see the faces might be a little bit too anime for Pete. Uh, the Aquaman variant, which is a gorgeous Tyler Kirkham. And then I think I really like the Flash, the regular cover. I really like all the just the white negative space and, and, the, and the way that works. Um, so I might actually go with the regular Flash cover. Oh. So that's, that's two regular covers in a row. Mm. All right, Matt. So what's your favorite cover of the week? And why is it the Action Comics from Eater Junior cover? Yeah, no, it's not. I specifically gave that back to my shop and go, don't you ever give that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> give you the variant every time you see. Uh, I know, it's, it's the Suicide Squad regular cover. Uh, so, um, the their variant's pretty good too. It's like a like a group shot of all of them. It looks real nice. But, yeah, it's Suicide Squad. Pretty good week for covers all around, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. I mean, between us, we probably listed, what, eight or ten? Mm-hmm. Most just, of them were Pete, though. It just occurred, yeah. I mean, I, I listed a lot, but it just occurred to me that there's actually more of a corrupt Superman and Suicide Squad than there is in Action Comics. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I about mean, that's it. not really Superman. That's Black Mask. So yeah, well, it wasn't really Superman. Uh, yeah, in Comics yeah it was Parasite. Yeah. yeah. Right, but Black Mask didn't have Superman's powers, so <laughs> he just looked like him. Yeah, I mean, he at least pretended to be him for a bit, which is more than this parasite can say. Anyway, uh, <laughs> best art of the week. I need to go, Connor. Uh, it's Suicide Squad. Yeah, Redondo killed it. Fair, fair. Uh, Matt? Suicide Squad. I, I'll be honest, I didn't think about this in advance. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then uh, Matt were too quick. Yeah, that's how, that sounds like a reasonable pick. I'm just scanning the rest to see if anything else was... Yeah, Suicide Squad. <laughs> All right. Uh, top five books of the week. Matt, go. So, number one is Suicide Squad. Two is Speed Metal. Three is Justice League Dark. Four... Well, no. Hold on. Suicide Squad, Flash, Speed Metal, Justice League Dark. And then that leaves Batman Superman. Yes, but your corrupted number one was Action Comics. Yeah, nope. Carter. Uh, for me, it's Justice League Dark, then Suicide Squad, then Speed Metal and Batman Superman. Uh, I will probably go Suicide Squad number one, Speed Metal number two. No. That was a attempt at holding in a hiccup. Uh, number three, I'll go with. Number, number three. Uh... I'll say Batman Superman. Number four, I'll go with The Flash. Number five, Shazam. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I think about that. Um, yeah. So uh, DC actually, for a change, did something reasonable with their schedule. And they actually kind of... Because there's a few books that should have been this week, but they actually pushed a few of them with the, the fifth week. Because Wonder Woman's usually this week. And I thought, oh, that actually, you know, made both weeks a bit more even than just dumping, mm-hmm. you know, having a big week four and then week five being almost nothing. Week, uh, week five is actually pretty reasonable. Yeah. So which leads me on to telling you what's coming next week. So we have Wonder Woman 763. We have the Justice League Annual Issue 2. Uh, which actually, I mean, that's... 
that's that's the venditti murder mystery that me and matt are quite ah, excited yeah, yeah 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 i'll read that uh, we have batman three jokers issue two uh red hood outlaw 49 god i was looking forward to that uh batman superman yeah batman annual so sorry batman superman annual issue one uh which matt mentioned earlier on the show uh we got dark knight's death metal multiverses end issue one so we got another metal tie-in which is cool it's a tynan one i don't really remember it yep. except it has a phenomenal captain carrot variant which i recommend you all check out mm. uh we have batman the joker war zone issue one so this is the one shot that ties into joker war and does have the, the Batgirl stuff in it, which uh, I was very excited about when this was and first teased. also has the Ridley first story of whatever, you know, te- setting up whatever he's oh, going to be yeah. doing with, that's with right. uh, his stuff. Yeah, so, so a couple of, so we got a big multiverse, uh, or big metal tie-in, big Joker War tie-in that's teasing some more bad stuff, and a new Joker's issue. So there's actually some pretty juicy stuff next week in terms of... Yeah. Uh, and, and there's still a, at least uh, one more thing that you're you're, you're supposed to be reading. Uh, well, I wasn't going to read just constantly Hellblazer issue 10, uh, but uh, there's also Legion of Superheroes issue 9, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn the Birds of Prey issue 3, and apparently Wonder Woman 1984 issue 1 is... It, it is. Stores yeah, okay. have said they're getting it. Um, I guess they just went, ah, screw it. It, 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 might, it might be 2084 before the movie comes <laughs> out, so we might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, uh, that's all coming out. I mean, I... Yeah, I'll admit the chances of me reading Legion right now are probably quite slim. That's fair. I'll read it. This is the second <laughs> issue of all the like the one page yeah. things, right? Yeah. Yep, and this one's gonna have the Garrett's art. That's the final page, right? I think so. Because I know I think Shayna had the first page of the first one. Yep. I think I think they made a point of saying they were. The, the the team book ending the story mm-hmm. we're quite proud of that yeah i have six books next week but it's not that only one of them is regular sized like two of them are annuals and the other three are all either annual or bigger size so uh, yeah play it to read next actually week quite a bit so that's coming next week so it's uh, uh, do you know what i like when week five doesn't just feel like a weird add-on week where everything's just kind of because okay you could argue that the batman superman annual feels kind of just like a tacked on thing but it sounds like a fun story at least but there is actually meaty like big continuity stuff next week too it's not just and, like, and then three jokers which may or may not be continuity who knows well, yeah, but it still feels important because it's been something we've all been talking about for a while. It yeah, the point I'm making, it doesn't feel like a filler week, which week fives, I think, sometimes feel like. They, they like... often do, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they've been better the last couple of years. I think, you know, the first two or three years of Rebirth, they felt, like, dire. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, well. Uh, so that's that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, so thank you very much to them. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier specifically, you get early access to Comments the Multiverse for, by one day, uh, as well as previously when we got one of those coming out. So go and have a look uh, and see if you're interested in supporting everything we do and help keep all the content coming. Uh, you can do that to obviously a lesser degree, but it's still really important is uh, hitting the like button on the YouTube version or uh, rating the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Give us five stars, all that kind of thing. Um, and all that does Wait, help. Wait, you mean I, I can't find actual comics on this? This is just a review? <laughs> Matt's alluding to a tweet that I put out last night of someone complaining on YouTube uh, about a TV episode review. Apparently the word review is too hard to understand for some people, and are, are, they're shocked that it's not the actual episode of TV. 
I'm sorry the word review in the title and the thumbnail was too hard to decipher, but... And they yeah. also watched it because they got mad at your opinions about said episode, I which know. means <laughs> you, you were looking for an episode of The Twilight Zone, uh, but you watched the review and then got mad at the review. Th- three minutes uh, of it, according to them, is all they watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I replied rather sarcastically. I, I used to not reply to these things, but it's yeah. starting to annoy me so much that I'm just a dick about well, it now. And this isn't one that they're just like, oh, you're wrong. This is like, no, they were they're complaining about the wrong thing. Like, so yes, you should be able to respond to that. Uh, uh dear. Anyway, uh, so yeah, please do show your support in all those different ways. Uh, get us on Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast. Um, but I think that's just about it. Yeah, that's everything. So, uh, yeah. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Although, in the Speed Force could be a corrupted Superman for all you know. Thank you.